All right, guys. I'm, uh, I'll wait for everybody to kind of get in here. I've got uh, a bunch of stuff to go over today. So we've got, <laughs> this came out the other day. This is John Solomon's reporting out of Just the News. Uh, they've got this uh, this deck, this, uh, you know, what, what should we call it? Um, I can't think of, the, think of the app, the app that you use on your computer. Um, PowerPoint. Anyway, they got this PowerPoint deck. And it's basically like this bond structure that they've got through Morgan Stanley. This Morgan Stanley guy leaked it and then filed a complaint with the SEC. So I actually have the, this is kind of like a bond scheme. I actually have the reporting from John Solomon here. I have the SEC complaint as well as um, Devin Archer's uh, transcript from his uh, testimony through the committees. And then I have... Uh, the White House has sent out a plea to journalists during the impeachment inquiry, <laughs> stating there's zero evidence and they're begging legacy media to run interference for them. I'm going to copy the letter here. And then from the Hill, I actually have a 14-page memo uh, where they're saying that this is debunked and that is debunked and they're trying to run interference. And the rumor is, is because of bank records. They're worried about the financials. This is what this is what the Biden administration is really worried about. Because you can lie and spin and do whatever you want about whether or not he actually spoke. You know, you don't have video footage that he was speaking with these people, only that he was at these meetings. But the money trails never lie. And this is what they're worried about. So now they're just freaking out and they're putting all this stuff out and I think it's hilarious. But before we get into all that, I was on the way to the office this morning and uh, Tim Poole does two or three updates a day and I was listening to one. It always coincides with my drive in and it's interesting. Uh, but you can hear the frustration in his voice when he's talking about this, how they're reacting to uh, the news about impeachment inquiry coming out. And I'm going to play this. It's about 10 minutes of, of, of the of the 26 minute clip. But the reason I want to play this is because of something else that I've been working on for some time. And that is the, D, the David Brock and the DNC influence machine. And you can hear you know, Tim so frustrated. Why do these people constantly lie and look stupid? Well, the memos that this the memos in the DNC influence plan, influence machine plan that they've had in place for years is playing out in real time. And we're seeing it real time. So generally, the um, the theme of this entire space is going to be uh, influence machine, White House pressure, Biden administration establishment pressures on narratives and journalists and legacy media. But let me play this clip while everyone's kind of filling in here because it's we're just getting started. You guys can retweet the space. We'll get some folks in here. Uh, I'm going to present some some of the, the information that I have here, probably build a panel out and have people comment, but uh, definitely want to, uh, I'll play this clip, like I said, it's about 10 minutes, just listen to Tim and how frustrated he is on the coverage of this impeachment inquiry, and he just keeps asking the question, why would these people do this? Well, I have an answer for that, and we'll go over that here in just a minute. Let me go ahead and play that. Let me change my microphone settings to standard, because that I noticed playing, doing playback, it harms it if you have it on isolation. So one second. You want me to show you? I'll show you. You'll get mad too. But I, I will say, I try to see the brighter side of things. And this story that has just dropped this morning, that the White House is so pathetically desperate to deal with Joe Biden's career of corruption to cover it up, that they're going to just outright send letters saying, please be corrupt pieces of garbage. Hey, corporate press. You know, you're trash human beings. Well, 
could you consider being garbagier? But I'll, I'll calm down. It's brazen. It's out here right before your very eyes. And that's what actually makes me feel a little bit better. And so while I want to, I, I get angry reading these news articles because they're just lying about everything. And then I have to go and debunk it every single day. I'm just sick of this. I'm sick of these people. They are just, they're scumbags. And we start, we got to start calling out these evil people. They're evil. Okay. They know they're lying. They know they're covering this up. Why? Why? Because there are special interests, corporations that provide funding and sponsorship to get attention and then the boss comes and says, don't talk smack about Joe Biden because we want access. Because they're evil. But in doing so, the White House has exposed their weakness. And now what we're seeing is the pathetic, pathetic nature. That is the White House and Joe Biden and his other crackpot cronies and criminals who should be in prison. They're so panicked and desperate. The only thing they can do is try and wield the DOJ against their political rivals. But I hope, I hope, especially after all of this, there's an investigation not just into those that sought to aid and abet or those that directly were involved in the corruption, but those that sought to aid and abet. That is to say, if there are people working in the press who intentionally committed fraud for personal gain to make money to benefit the Biden administration, I say we send them to prison. Amen. Let me clarify for all of the uh, whinging, cringy leftists who are like, you think tourist journalists? No, I'm saying if there is evidence of direct communication between a member of the press and the Biden administration to collude in fabricating a narrative for which the journalists would receive financial compensation, that is something we should pursue. Because we're dealing now, in my opinion, with a seditious conspiracy. The gloves are off, baby. You want to send Owen Schroeder to jail for yelling outside and then claim that he's an extremist? You want to say that your political opponents who disagree with you are not journalists? We play the same game. But I have standards here. And my standard is... A member of the press who knowingly lies to cover up a crime for financial gain. There's a lot of hurdles there. So if there's a journalist who knowingly lies because they're politically ideal, they're ideologically aligned, well, you know, you can't say much about that. People are allowed to lie. But if they're getting paid to do it, if there is a direct line of communication proving that these journalists know they're lying and are in communication with the criminal parties, that's different. I don't know to what degree that would arise to a level of crime other than I think it's a seditious conspiracy that the Biden was defrauding the United States, exploiting his position for personal gain and wealth. We have more than enough evidence. We've gone over the evidence 50 billion times and they just keep writing. There's no evidence. No matter how much evidence comes out. That's why I'm pissed. At a certain point, we need to shatter this machine. Break it into a million pieces and scatter it to the wind. And I look forward to being a part of the corporate press's destruction. Here's a story from the New York Post. They say Biden's White House is planning to send a letter to some of the country's most prominent. I just wanted to play that because, you know, there's a lot of frustration. People have confusion. These are questions that I've been asking or I was asking uh, rather uh, for a long time. And for a long time, it was like, why is it that they all seem to say the same things? And no matter what, with plainly with I can see it with my own two eyes, exactly what's happening. Why? 
do they continue to just be clown themselves and they and they go out and, and they say these things and it's just and then we see the david brock memo from 2017 in media matters what he was have he's been doing for media matters for years with it we saw what crew and american bridge was doing we know what they were doing they were inserting quote-unquote journalists or pundits into opinion shows all saying the same thing they were approved speakers to all parrot the same thing on these shows and then you see these fake journalists these 100 iq automatons that say i need someone to write positive things about joe biden's administration who wants to do it i could do it boss and then they go out there and they they stump for the establishment and they write these bullshit articles that are complete fabrications and lies and then you have these fact-checking organizations that are backing them up at every turn and and and, and again and so it's really hard for people to understand and then so you hear the frustration in tim pool's voice and i agree i mean you know, every day trying to wade through all the BS that you see on social media, that you hear in the media, that you hear people spouting the lies, like the obvious garbage tweets. And you're just like, I I just don't have the energy to even engage with this person anymore, because at this point, there's entirely too much information out there. And if you're not going to educate yourself, I, I can't give you the presupposition that you're ignorant. I think you're intentionally doing this. And frankly, I have no interest in you, nor am I going to engage with you anymore. So instead, what we do is we get louder. We keep putting the stuff out there. Maybe just maybe one person a day that didn't get this information before gets it. But you hear Tim talking, right? And you're like, what? He's just like, I just don't get it. These people. And I can, the, the clip goes on. I'm going to go ahead and cut it off now because we're the room's starting to fill up. But, you know, let me pull this back out. Let me just whip this bad boy back out. In my highlights tab, we've got the 2022 uh, David Brock memo establishing the factsfirstusa.org organization now i know the title says sec morgan stanley whistleblower and listen there's we have a lot to get to there's also the letter what you heard tim here he didn't know about this letter um where the white house is begging legacy media and journalists of how to say what to say and what's been debunked and what's not and please for the love of god run interference for us um and i have that letter by the way thanks to john solomon's reporting and the hill the Hill had, had a reporting on the 14-page memo uh, that they just released saying that this has been debunked, this has been debunked. Well, what this is, what this specifically is, is, again, this, the David Brock DNC influence machine, right? And it's, it's, it's coming straight out of the memo. So I wanted to play that clip so you heard it so I can then go into the 2022 uh, midterm and 24 general election strategy for the DNC influence machine. And what they're calling it is Facts First USA is going to be a SWAT team to counter Republican congressional investigations. Keep in mind, this was written October 25th of 2022, so almost a year ago. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. Well, and Trash, today you saw the open call to that SWAT team um, when the White House came out and is urging, quote, urging, um, you know, legacy media to stand up and combat the lies of this supposed impeachment and how impeachment would be bad for everybody. So like we saw in real time today, this SWAT team being called up from the White House to start attacking any Republican that says impeachment is the way to go. Yep. And that's the, that's that's the letter that I'm talking about. So if you guys look down in the chat, um, I actually have that letter. So I've got the internal documents showing de de detailed deals at Morgan Stanley, Rosemont Seneca. And then the next 
the next tweet in that thread because I basically just cut it out of my whole major thread here. The next one is the SEC complaint and whistleblower report. Next one is the uh, the transcript from Devin Archer's testimony within Congress. Then here shows White House sends plea to journalists during impeachment inquiry saying that there's zero evidence. Well, this thread that I'm posting says a lot about that. Daily Wire's reporting. You can go to, you can go to that article. But then I have the letter here. So here's the letter here. This is what they said. This came out today. Or yeah, I'm sorry, yesterday. This is from the White House Special uh, Special Counsel's Office, uh, Ian Sams, Special Assistant to the President, Senior Advisor and Spokesman for the White House. After nearly nine months of investigating, House Republicans haven't been able to turn up any evidence of the president doing anything wrong. But House Republicans, led by Marjorie Taylor Greene, are nonetheless opening a baseless impeachment inquiry of President Biden, despite many House Republicans openly admitting that there is no evidence on which to support it. Impeachment is grave rare and historic yeah give me a give me a break guys the constitution requires treason bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors yeah well we've got we've got treason uh, he should be registered registered as a foreign agent we've got bribery we've got it on tape we've got it on email we've got it on text messages we've got it all or high crimes and misdemeanors yeah we've got all that too but then you've got people like ken buck who's listed on this letter just completely big clowning himself in public, saying that the time for impeachment is the time where there's evidence leaking President Biden. If there's evidence linking President Biden to a high crime or misdemeanor, but that evidence doesn't exist right now. Yes, this this guy said that. Or Dave Joyce out of Ohio. He's not seen any facts or evidence that it would merit. So now you're seeing all the Republican unipartyists raise their hands who have been involved in pushing this uniparty messaging. Down in the chat as well, again, I attached the David Brock memo dated October 25th, 2022, and I'm going to go through it. But before I do that, hey, Millie, Kevin, Jen, hi, guys. How are you? What's going on, man? Hey. So do you believe? Yeah, it's great to be in here. Uh, good to see you, Jen and Trash. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of trippy to see that some – conservatives I, I wouldn't even call them really conservatives but they they say they're conservatives or patriots have been out there trying to act like no this impeachment against biden is a bad thing it's some kind of you know 3d chess way to attack trump and i'm just like no that's like seriously i'm tired of all the freaking disinformation operations going on out there um clearly biden needs to be impeached there are numerous reasons why he can be impeached there's no lack of evidence or lack of crimes against him. There's overwhelming evidence against him. And really, I think the Democrats need to have a lesson in double-edged swords. You know, like they they went after Trump. They played dirty. They fought dirty. Well, they opened up that, uh, they opened up the gate for that. You know, they set that precedent. Okay, fine. Uh, we are going to hold biden to those same standards and if anything trump has been held to a much higher standard than joe biden or any other previous president has ever been um but really joe biden needs to be asked about the things going on and i think that don't listen to anyone who's telling you that oh we should be against the impeachment of joe biden because some 3d chess move attack on trump no uh-uh not buying it Moreover, I mean, I, I'm so sick of hearing people on our side say things like it doesn't matter because he's not going to be convicted. And I'm like, you're right. He's not going to be convicted. However, 
if the January 6th committee hearings and impeachment hoax number two show anything, it is that there is a way to get the mainstream media to force them to cover things. And, what, and I've been saying it for a long time, and I don't, and, and it's starting to come to fruition right now, at least in part. If they impeach Joe Biden, ABC, NBC, and CNN, and, and, and all the regular channels will cover it because it is a historic event. They will be forced to cover it wall to wall. Now, I don't think they're going to cover it critically. I don't think all of a sudden George Stephanopoulos is going to have some come to Jesus moment and realize that Joe Biden is corrupt. However, we don't need to sway that many people in just certain places to go, look, you may not like Trump, but there's something wrong with this guy. There's something wrong with what he's been doing this whole time. So people are saying, oh, it's only a show. And I'm like, well, what did you do? And I'm so sick and tired of Republicans bringing a knife to a gunfight. They've been doing it for decades. It's time to fight fire with fire. It's time to make Democrats pay for the standards from which they set the rest of the country on. Oh, yeah, and by the way, Mitt Romney's not seeking re-election, so that's awesome. I mean, that's a win. That's good old mittens but i mean listen we have the uh you have the court of justice and then you have the court of public opinion right and we've proven that the court like we don't care what they do indict trump keep indicting him right we're still voting for him right but the court is weighing right on the the public opinion right so the democrats are going to try to fight this in the court of public opinion and whether he is convicted or not it's still smearing his legacy and smearing his good name by putting him through this and and it's shown over and over and over again where people don't even pay attention to what happens once they get that your name in the media right you could be completely exonerated of everything but there'll still be people out there that think you were convicted of it when you weren't right so we we do need to fight fire with fire and honestly ken buck is a piss poor republican um, and, and he has a history, you know, of denying evidence and stuff. And uh, this is just another example of it where he is putting his job and his name over what is good for the country. And what's good for the country is impeaching President Biden. It needs to happen for the mere purpose of even just uh, disclosure. Like, how many people in the country are going to want to tune in to this impeachment? I'm, I'm guessing a lot. And a lot of Democrats are going to be tuning in. So this is the opportunity to present the case for why Joe Biden needs to be impeached. And therefore, all of his criminal acts are going to be put on display. And I think that uh, that is really the most important thing that needs to happen is the people need to realize you guys voted for a toad. You voted for a corrupt criminal clown who, even if they were to try to I don't know if they could or would pull him in and question him um, in this impeachment hearing or inquiry. But I bet he would probably, you know, it, his his dementia would become even more uh, apparent. Well, and listen, the, the whole point of the, and this is something I was saying, this is something I was going to say yesterday, but I uh, just couldn't find the right place to say it. Um, I'm I'm all for the inquiry, but I've been talking about this for a while. Everyone else was like, no, it, oh, strongly worded letters. I'm like, yeah, no, they didn't do inquiries when they tried to impeach Trump. And that's why it was so sloppy and messy. So when you do the inquiry, it gives you 
powers, subpoena powers that you did not have, that they were they were getting resistance from the House committee. The House committee was getting resistance at every turn. They were getting denied things. They they, they didn't have the, the subpoena power they would have under an impeachment inquiry. Once you have that, then you can sew up all of the missing gaps that you have from the evidence that you have now and actually put forth a solid forward case. I don't really care. I got to be honest with you. I don't see Joe Biden serving any jail time. Even if he were to be impeached, you're still going to take a criminal referral to the DOJ, which they're not going to do it. We know how weaponized that is. However, if you do have an impeachment and you do have an impeachment inquiry, who I do care about impeaching really is Mayorkas and Garland. And you can start to demonstrate that through this, through these investigations. And so like everyone's just saying, oh, Kevin McCarthy's just trying to run interference because of the spending bill that's coming up. Yeah, that may be. And Matt Gates may be posturing as well to remind him of the America First caucus that are in within Congress. Let them do that. That's not for me to analyze. I really don't care. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm not voting for any of them today, nor can I vote for many of them because they're not even in my district. But what I can focus on is what the information I have ahead of time and what the strategy overall looks like and what the landscape looks like over the next year and how this will affect it. It's going to be massive. And so I'm just so tired of it. It's the same people that say, why vote? You, you can't get anything. All oh, this country's already gone. What's the point? This is ridiculous. Congress not going to do anything. Oh, strongly worried letters. Yeah, You'll always find something to complain about. Frankly, I see there's an opportunity to kind of tie up some loose ends, which I'm going to get into here because there's a lot of new information. But uh, Jen, go ahead before I read uh, Kevin McCarthy's impeachment inquiry letter. And then I'm going to get into some of the stuff that dropped yesterday. Thanks, Josh. Um, is that just a quick question? Do you think that's why they're keeping um, McConnell and uh, Dianne Feinstein? And it's literally becoming like Tales of the Crypt um, up on the hill because they know that those people will never remove Biden as president. So like the Dem or the Republicans can, you know, impeach him all he wants. But the Senate is the one who has to remove him. Well, Dianne Feinstein's not being... Uh removed because Gavin Newsom said that if she is removed, he's going to replace her with a black woman. So that would be probably Karen Bass. Uh, she's the mayor of L.A., I think. And Nancy Pelosi wants Adam Schiff to get that Senate seat. So they're basically forcing um, Diane Feinstein to live out her last days in the Senate so that Adam Schiff can then run for the open seat because it's much harder to beat an incumbent, even if they are appointed. And as far as McConnell goes, I mean, I think he's just too powerful for anybody to get rid of him. Unfortunately, I think most people don't have the stones to do it. And it, look, it's not like, it's not like they would. Well, no, 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 no. I understand. Like that's, I, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking if they're specifically doing this, in order to get them past this impending impeachment that they know is coming because like we're all calling for it right oh, and man. obviously like McC mcconnell can't even get through a freaking press conference without like freezing up like he's like dead so like why are we like is that why y'all like they're they're still standing there and like they're not like it, it's just like boggling my mind like if if the senate has to remove joe biden it doesn't matter if the house impeaches him Well, um, you know, I think that this argument, because I've heard a couple people throw it out there that they don't think they don't know if there would be, you know, an actual like the, if the impeachment would actually happen, if he would actually be removed or, or charged for anything. 
But I think that, you know, Joe Biden, what he did was he lied about his dealings with his son. That's perjury, right? That's lying. Um, He lied to the people. Now, uh, you know, he's in his official capacity as president lying to the American people. Then, you know, he needs to be impeached. And if you remember with Bill Clinton, they didn't impeach Bill Clinton because of him having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. It was because he lied about it. He lied to the American people. So, you know, I think that's really where they're going to get Joe Biden is the fact that he lied about it. He tried to deny it and cover it up. Um, and and not only that, but, you know, if you admit to like an affair like Bill Clinton did with Monica Lewinsky, that's like a moral wrong, but it's not necessarily illegal. Um, whereas what Joe Biden was doing with his son is clearly illegal. It is criminal. And so then obviously they're going to be pushing more into that stuff as well, which I think that Joe Biden, you know, if they have enough evidence there, Joe Biden should absolutely be criminally charged. He should be indicted. Um, and, I, and I think that we should fight dirty. We should fight back. I mean, we have to fight fire with fire. We have to push back and then watch as all these leftists suddenly change their tune. Right. If that's if that's the only way that they're going to realize, um, you know, then, then let them realize. Well, the, what's well guys, hang on. Is- All right, Kevin. Okay. All right. So this space, typically, like I, I've kind of let the banter go a little bit here. I do want to talk about this, but I do need to go through the information here as well. Uh, otherwise, we're just like, I don't know. It's just the same as any other space. And I want to go through. There's a lot of info here. And let's actually talk about what what dropped yesterday. I kind of have a flow with it. I don't want to interrupt it too much more, if you don't mind. But go ahead, Kevin, quickly, and then I'll get to it. Oh, no, sorry. I, I, everyone does their thing differently. Sorry about that. But I was just going to say the difference with the lying is that Bill Clinton lied under oath, so he was impeached for perjury. The problem is Joe Biden, I don't believe at least, has ever been called under oath in any sort of congressional setting or any sort of criminal setting to be able to impeach him based on perjury. That's the only, like, I'm not saying he's telling the truth. I'm just saying that I think that's the difference between the Clinton and the uh, and the Biden impeachments. Sorry about that, Trish. No, it's all good. I mean, this is what a lot of people do. It's just, it's we can have that space anywhere at any time. But let me go through the, because there's a lot that dropped. And and so again, let me let me kind of reset the space here. So I started off the space talking about, I, pull, I played Tim Pool's clip or how he's so frustrated with these obvious hack journalists. And we are actually seeing in real time David Brock's DNC influence machine, the Facts First USA memo that was written in October 25th of 2022 play out in real time. And we saw a letter come from the White House yesterday, uh, specifically trying to levy pressure and begging legacy media to run interference for Joe Biden. And and the rumors are is that the the main thing that Joe Biden and the administration are, are concerned about in this impeachment inquiry is the bank records and financial records. See, when you, you can't as Congress, like you can't just go request bank records. Like you can't just go request these financial records and bank records. However, if you do have an official impeachment inquiry, you then have subpoena power where you can then demand to see bank records and financials. And so the impeachment inquiry, everyone's saying is a limp wristed, sternly worded letter. It's not, uh, we had a space, Savvy was there. We had a space a couple of weeks ago and Corey Mills stopped by and I asked him these same questions. I said, you know, an impeachment inquiry from the way it looks to me. And, and then I laid out exactly what I just laid out. He said, yes, it, we have to do it this way 
because we've been, you know, basically they've been stopped and stalled at every single turn trying to get this information. And, and as Congress, you can't just request, again, the financial or bank records of Joe Biden. However, you can subpoena them if it's an official inquiry. So this is part of the process. And so I just, I just get so annoyed with like the, the 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 conversation surrounding it. This is 100%. I've talked to people in Congress. They said it has to be done this way because of the resistance they're getting. I don't know what else answer I can give. But let me shift it back to kind of what specifically is happening here. And like like I said, with Tim here, free, you know, just, just losing his shit. And this was because of the David Brock memo. It's down in the chat. It's Facts First USA. Uh, it's about 15 pages. And they essentially they're going to they lay out all the different scandals and what they're going to have to be facing. And they're basically so what Facts First USA is designed to be was a SWAT team to counter Republican congressional investigations. Mind you, this was written last year. And it says the House Freedom Caucus and America's First Caucus, which is even to the right of the Freedom Caucus, will hold considerable sway and demand. That committee do Trump's bidding <laughs> further with an anticipated majority that will be smaller than Republicans initially hoped. They will have a harder time passing legislation, so will place greater emphasis on investigations. Underscoring this point in their recently released commitment to America, House Republicans have made investigating the Biden administration one of their four pillars. They promise to, quote, use all the tools at our disposal to pursue the truth, root out corruption and abuse of power, provide transparency to the American people on the issues that matter most. So frankly, it is quite likely that if Republicans control the House of Representatives, they will impeach President Biden. They believe that Trump lost the election because of his impeachment, and they will not only want to engage in a tit-for-tat, but also seek to weaken President Biden in the same manner which they believe impeachment harmed Trump. So ridiculous. You guys can hear the spin coming out of his mouth. In fact, the less rabid among the Republican Congressional Caucus have acknowledged that the significant pressure they will feel to vote to impeach Biden and others within his administration. Those Republicans know that voting for impeachment or voting against impeachment will have the same consequences or political fortunes as having voted for Trump's impeachment. The only way sitting Republicans can avoid losing their seats in primary challenges will be to impeach uh, President Biden and others within his administration. And it's crazy. It just goes on and on. And it even, he even brings up Whitewater, Travelgate, Filegate, Benghazi, brings up all of this stuff. And essentially, Fast and Furious, Solyndra, if you guys remember what Solyndra was, that $535 million grift in 2009, uh, the IRS. Um, so they, they already know. They're even talking about Lois Lerner in there. Um, and the likely chairs of some of the key House committees are Jim Jordan, Barry Loudermilk, James Comer, Michael Turner, Kathy McMorris Rogers of Energy and Commerce, and Michael McCall, Foreign Affairs Committee. And so if you can go through this and it even says you even address Hunter Biden, how they're going to work for it and how they're going to make, you know, hide all this. The Afghanistan withdrawal, the border policy, COVID, it's all in here. This was the plan. And now you're seeing it happen in real time as this goes. The the White House is begging this legacy media under this under this exact plan that they rolled out to run cover. And that's what that's what's going on here. And they're starting to run cover. Now we're seeing things about aliens and such. You know, I don't know if it's related to this, but whatever. Um, you're seeing all the stuff that, that's supposed to make a bunch of noise on these shiny objects. And like I said, there's many people that believe that it's only a distraction. The impeachment inquiry is only a distraction because of the spending bills that they're they're going to have to end up having to pass, pass an omnibus instead of the uh, different appropriate appropriations bills that they should have been passing individually 
that the Freedom Caucus had held McCarthy to when he was uh, selected as the chair, as a as the uh, Speaker of the House. And so, I just that's part of it, but I don't buy it. I, I think more of the posturing from Matt Gates is part of that. Um, and they're going to negotiate that and value that. And listen, they're going to strip more money and wealth from the American people. Fine. Can we go back to at least 2021 spending? I hope. But that's neither here nor there. This impeachment inquiry is going to do a whole lot more. And that's why they're scared, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but that's that's what I think. And then kind of get you guys a take on that. And then I want to go into this Morgan Stanley uh, PowerPoint and the SEC uh, complaint. And then we'll go into the 14 the 14 page debunking that the White House put out to the legacy media. Any guys got any comments on that? This dealing. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, can, hear, can you. hear you. Good morning. Okay. All right, well, then I'll just keep going. Um, so, if you look down in the chat, there's the Morgan Stanley bond scheme that Devin Archer was testifying about in the transcript. You guys can see it right there. This was actually leaked out. Uh, John Solomon at Justin News was reporting on it, I believe yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull up his article here. And he was, so he posted this. This was essentially showing in detail the deals at Morgan Stanley. So this is a, a deck from uh, May 8th of 2015, internal use only. draft highly confidential and it shows obviously that's the bloomberg terminals what that looks like to me um bonds value so it's just a bond scheme uh but what it's saying here is right here so suspicions and interactions so no clear illegal activities being accused but the authors of this presentation determined activity was suspicious enough to warrant escalation of review by appropriate internal compliance representatives in winter 2014, Morgan Stanley's municipal credit trading desk was approached by a Morgan Stanley financial advisor representing a holder of a recently issued private placement taxable municipal bond. MSFID was contacted Morgan Stanley FID financial, I'm assuming their financial investment desk, was contacted on May 7th by an internal retail pricing group requesting assistance in providing an indicative price for the security. So it, it kind of goes on and explains, you know, what, what, kind of what they believe is cause for suspicion. Obviously, this is corporate speak for, yo, this looks really bad. Um, and then they kind of break down the structure. And he actually has it right here. So this was the bond. This was like that bond scheme. And I believe this is, if correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I believe this is what Devin Archer is going to be doing time for, correct? Yes, no? Anybody know? I think so, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Same. I'm pretty sure this is what he's actually doing time for was this bond scheme. Here's Robert. Robert, yeah, Robert might know. Hey, Robert. Hey, Trash. The Devin Archer, um, the bond deal he was doing was was, uh, defrauding Native Americans in in an Indian... um, Develop land development or housing development thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, this may this this, this uh, Morgan Stanley uh, municipal thing might be related, but I doubt it's the same proceeds. I think you know they they really exhausted that the Indian bond and got the, the guilty plea from Devin Archer about that. Um, if if 
if it, if it were related to if the Morgan Stanley memo was related to the Indian thing, that probably would have come out, you know, years ago. It's, it's probably yet another another bond scam. Yeah, because it's showing here it's from the Ag Aglala Sioux Tribe, and then it goes into this Wakpanmi Community Corporation, and then you've got it goes into the Burnham Securities, and then it comes back and around through Burnham Municipal Capital. Then it goes through like this private equity management LLC back through the Wealth Assurance Valor Group or AKA Valor Life. Then it shoots over through the Assurance of Bermuda Limited bond transfer from Devin Archer's personal account. And all of this is coming kind of at the center from Rosemont Seneca. And then they're issuing the bonds around roughly 20 million through this Morgan Stanley FID. So yeah, there's another, it's probably another tribe, uh, tribal bond uh, scheme here. But this was leaked. John Solomon got a hold of this yesterday. I was just going through uh, the the report on the Biden laptop to look for the Morgan Stanley references, and it's they're not. They're, uh, Garrett does not allege they were part of a crime um, in in issuing such a thing. Um, so I I think this might be an, yet another type of scam. Jeez. That's just crazy. And and again, so right here. Um, also what dropped yesterday so if you guys want to take a look at that it's it's compelling it's interesting i put it in the timeline here just because it, it did drop and it is pretty well laid out this was actually put together by morgan stanley internally so they were saying hey this is uh, suspicious i'm not really sure what's going on here but this is not good so we need to take a look at this and then this leaked and then we also saw from just the news uh john solomon's reporting We've got an, uh, a, an SEC complaint, and this was filed. When was it filed? It's not showing the date. It expires October 31st of 2017, but I think when it was, see when it was filed. May I add to the Morgan Stanley piece before you sure. go into the yeah. SEC? So the, the, the institutions that were alleged to have uh, either had whistleblowers or suspicious activity reports or um, other, you know, um, bank reports. Uh, none of those were Morgan Stanley at the time uh, that the Biden laptop report was put out. However, the oversight committee, as you start to un unpeel the layers of the onion here, their subpoena authority continued to extend to additional financial institutions. So this, the Morgan Stanley folks may have said, okay, well, if, if we've got, you know, inquiries from Congress to look at various things that are you know they may morgan stanley may be trying to do some damage control right now to say let's get this stuff out and get it to the house oversight committee highly 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 likely i would say <clears throat> that's very very possible i mean it would make sense right because they were looking at it they probably buried it back at that time because keep in mind that's not it's not new it's uh this is from may of 2015 that this was put together so it's not new and uh you know, for context, I, I believe every like Hillary Clinton, everybody expected Hillary Clinton to win in 2016. And this was like Joe, Joe Biden and his sister, Valerie, his buddy, Jimmy or his brother, Jimmy, his brother, Frankie. They were all going to like ride off into the sunset untouched. Nobody knowing what kind of scam deals they had just just feathered their nest with. They none of they, they didn't expect this to come out at all. They, they were going to just be fading into the a nice, healthy grift sunset with people like Chi Ping Ho from China and Jackie Bao from China and all these all these 
you know, lithium ion deals through Bohai Harvest it, it, and see China Energy Finance. This was their kind of like their uh, golden pension from uh, from the Far East. Yep, 100 percent. Hey, go ahead, Bree. So it, was this a financial transaction that you're talking about that went through all of these? It, it sounds like trust accounts. The Ogala, Og, 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 uh, I'm going to butcher this, Ogala Sioux Tribe is here in South Dakota, and they have one of the largest trust accounts in the state. And I'm just trying to sort of wrap my brain around what this transaction was. Well, Patrick seems to, Patrick says that this is his, uh, this is his wheelhouse. So are you going to? explain what happened what's going on here with this bond deal before i get to the sec complaint i actually i'm gonna go read the complaint but what so give me a minute and i'll well, no i'll read I, the complaint I read the original. you said yeah. you had something to say about the morgan stanley deal yeah i mean in general because i used to run compliance for um compliance it for one of the largest investment banks in the world that competed with them and um this has always bothered me the um i for what they're doing now, I've got to look at the actual filing. I can tell you for sure why they, what rule or why they would have filed it under that context. But generally with the 150 SARS for the the Bidens, like those are very serious things, a, a suspicious activity report. They generally, I mean, you get one or two at a given bank and your account's going to be closed like almost immediately. So it's always bothered me that none of the rules apply. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to find the actual filing. Do you know if it was like an 8K or if, if they actually filed it? Which, which are you referring to or what you're looking for? What are you looking for? Exactly? The Morgan Stanley, the what they filed with the SEC. I've got it. It's in the thread below if you look at it. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a read real quick. It's the complaint. So if you go down, there's the, so if you click on the Morgan Stanley down in the chat, if you click on the Morgan Stanley um, internal document showing detailed deals at Morgan Stanley, the very next tweet below it is the SEC complaint and whistleblower report. So I've got the full thing. I'm about to read it right now. Okay. I'm yeah, going to read it. Yeah. So, um, so basically, okay, so like what's attached at the very beginning of this complaint, if you guys are looking at it, this is a, a tip complaint to referral. This was, looks like it was uh, placed November 1st of 2016. And this is uh, from Constantine Cannon Limited Liability Partners, Madison Avenue, New York. Uh, preferred method of communication directly to my attorney. This is somebody that worked at Morgan Stanley, vice president of something. Uh, the name is redacted completely. But the attorney of record is Amiana Stovall for Constantine Cannon Limited Liability Partners. So um, there's the complaint there. It was filed. Uh, let's see. And there are attached addendum and attached exhibits, which I'm actually going to read through. Some of it is pretty heavily redacted. Um, but here's, here's what it says here. So the introductory paragraph to the addendum details my education and work experience that would make it easily easy to identify me. In addition, due to the limited number of professionals who redacted, the entirety of the addendum includes information that could reasonably reveal my identity. Finally, the following exhibits could easily identify A, B, H, K, and so a lot of this is redacted due to whistleblower protections. So, but this was signed for on November 1st of 2016. 
So here it is. This is uh, from Amiana Stovall, who is the attorney of record uh, at Constantine Cannon LLP. And this is going to Jane Nordberg, who's the Chief Securities Exchange Commission Office of the Whistleblowers in D.C. So here we go. Uh, here's the letter. This is pretty crazy stuff, guys. So, dear Miss Miss Norberg, we represent complainant the redacted. I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say whistleblower in place of redacted moving forward. Uh, we represent the whistleblower in connection with the enclosed form at TCR, which is tips, complaints, uh, referrals, as supplemented by the following confidential whistleblower submission concerning potential securities violations by various actors. Since graduating from probably whatever school, whatever previous career has worked in the financial services industry assessing financial risks associated with blank for the vast majority of that time in his current role as a morgan stanley blank which it looks like vice president was not redacted from the uh, original complaint so vice president of something i'm assuming um compliance performs credit and credit analyses of distressed high yield securities in various sectors and monitors bond auctions in order to make pricing recommendations oh, okay from this He's probably trade trading desk trading for desk. credit. He's not not compliant. Yep, yep. Yeah. As soon as as soon as I started reading it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, from this vantage point, has on two occasions had the opportunity to successfully detect and report fraudulent financial schemes to Morgan Stanley, which in turn notified the SEC. Specifically, reported information concerning a Ponzi scheme, and then the rest is redacted. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, line item two, a fraudulent recycling scheme perpetrated by Devin Archer and his associates concerning municipal bonds issued by the Wakpomney Lake Community Corporation, WLCC bonds. Subsequent investigations by the SEC led to charges involving securities violations in both circumstances. Oh, this is a new one. So they're referencing how Devin Archer was actually... There was already a, a SEC investigations and he was already charged. Now, in addition to seek recovery in connection with his prior reporting, the whistleblower makes his this submission offering new information concerning additional securities frauds perpetrated by blank Archer and others. I'm assuming Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. I'm not sure it's redacted, though. And then it actually lays out it's heavily redacted um, the fraudulent schemes that are perpetrated. So I'm not really sure what's in there. Holy cow, the next page is entirely redacted. So is the third, the fourth, the fifth. We go all the way down to line item two, fraudulent schemes perpetrated by Devin Archer and his associates. On May 11, 2016, civil and criminal charges for securities violations were brought against Archer, a former, Mor a former Morgan Stanley client, and certain of his associates in connection with the WLCC bonds used to defraud a Native American tribal entity and investors out of millions of dollars. And then it actually references the case, SEC versus Archer, number 16, uh, CIB 3505, by the Southern District of New York. As set forth in more detail below, Mr. Blank internally reported his suspicions regarding the fraudulent bond scheme to Morgan Stanley in May of 2015, which is what the above PowerPoint that I went over. So that, that's his PowerPoint. That's what he put together to represent, present to Morgan Stanley in May of 2015. And Morgan Stanley appears to have conveyed that information to the SEC sometime thereafter. In addition, Mr. Whistleblower now has information regarding self-dealing transactions concerning Archer, along with certain other of his associates, and involving M. Bloom, a fraudulent technology fund. Yeah, go ahead, Robert. Can I read a, read a little background on Devin Hart? Sure, Devin sure. Okay, this is straight from uh, page 59 of the Biden laptop report. Devin Archer has been Hunter 
500 side for decades. They overlapped at Yale. Uh, Archer was a former Abercrombie model from Long Island, described by Hunter as his best friend in business. Archer was the vice chairman of finance for John Kerry's failed 2004 presidential campaign, where he teamed up with his college pal, Chris Hines, Kerry's stepson. Hunter and Archer traversed the globe together with Secret Service protection and secured state-backed financing from communist and post-Soviet regimes. No business risk was off the table for the two. There you go. Oh, they were war dogging that shit. <laughs> and again, of course, it's all the same people. It's all the same circles. It's all the same people, all in the same crony, you know, cronyism doing the same things. Remember the names, remember the names, you know. I get people DMing me all the time, say, Hey, did any of these names check out? I'm like, yep, that one does and that one does. Here's how it connects to this, this, that, and the other. And then boom, you have an entire story that's been exposed. Just remember the names. But yeah, like John Kerry's stepson and um, Devin Archer, a former Abercrombie model. That's hilarious. Where did you read that from, Robert? That's from the oh yeah, from the, uh, Garrett. Yeah, fifty nine. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. Marco Polo's done such great work over there, guys. Really need to check it out. So that's who Devin Archer is, guys. I mean, if not, I've, I mean, I've talked about him a thousand times. You guys can request. You can go back and review the recordings. I've done uh, the Devin Archer testimony. I've done all that stuff, but. Go take a look at this. So A, the WLCC bond scheme, which again, the WLCC bond scheme is the Wakapani um, Lakes Community Center, uh, some kind of you know organization where they they were basically running this through. In November 2014, Mr. Whistleblower received an inquiry from an Archer associate representing himself as working for private equity firm Rosemont Seneca. It's either Eric Schwerin or Hunter Biden and seeking to sell tens of millions of dollars of WLL, WLCC bonds. WLCC bonds were the non-rated, had never been traded, and had, had, had been issued just two months earlier on September 12th of 2014. In the course of performing his due diligence with respect to WLCC bonds, Mr. Whistleblower became concerned with several aspects of the deal. In particular, while the project's ostensible goal was to, quote, develop a strategically located mixed-use town center, to benefit the Wakapami Lake community. In reality, the value to the tribal issuer appeared dubious, limited to a small initial loan disbursement and, if available, surplus returns over the seven-year maturity period. Can you guys kind of, uh, maybe you finance guys can kind of break down what that means, exactly what they were promising? Read, read those last two sure. sentences again. In particular, while the project's ostensible goal was to, quote, develop a strategically located mixed-use town center, and this is supposed to be to benefiting the Wakapanmi Lake community, in reality, the value to the tribal issuer appeared dubious, limited to a small initial loan disbursement, and, if available, surplus returns over the seven-year maturity period. So these, de these deals... Uh, they're all game. There's all there's rigged. Ta it's probably a tax credit deal where you set up the, the entity with the promise of doing business. And and the banks, frankly, they they like to issue these these muni bonds. And and sometimes the, the proceeds don't actually go to the project. So the banks have liability there, too. They're, they're you know, um, they, they raise tons of muni proceeds, but then they find out, well, they actually haven't spent any. This sounds like a similar deal where maybe it was designed to not spend any, 
and keep it for me, uh, uh, you know, the family, the Biden family and friends and maybe throw a little bone to the tribe. That's probably what happened. Well, and also the, the other thing is because there have been a number of uh, incidents, you know, with uh, Native American tribes where they've either been taken advantage of. So generally these deals get a little more scrutiny. Um because of things like there was the big payday loan settlement where I forget his name, but he was leveraging the tribe's legal structures to, you know, do a predatory lending and then not really dispersing much of anything to the tribes nor employing anybody in them. So it's to me, it sounds at that stage in the reading, like more related Probably the initial thing that piqued interest was the Native American. The fact the tribe was involved in the amounts may not support the creation of what they were trying, what they were claiming they were going to build, something like that. Yeah, we'll get this. So, furthermore, the deal appeared to be structured to mask undisclosed relationships among the key participants, suggesting the potential for self-dealing. So, for example, Archer was affiliated with the seller Rosemont Seneca, right? Hunter Biden's group with Devin Archer. Uh, Eric Schwerin and uh, Hunter Biden and, and others, and sat on the boards of both the placement agent's parent company, Burnham Financial Group, and the annuity provider's parent company, Wealth Assurance. So <laughs> essentially, they're see, sitting on the boards of these two other parent uh, groups and the annuity provider, and it was also essentially at the center for, and doing self-dealing and, and control of disbursements or what where the money went. And was affiliated with the company that was selling the bonds, company that was providing the bonds, and then the annuity provider, parent company, Wealth Assurance. So he was on the boards of both those companies and at the center of all of this. So it's like, well, you can kind of see where the, what was happening here. That's what If you guys look at that Morgan Stanley presentation that the whistleblower raised, you can look at that map. I wish we had video on X spaces now, guys. Oh, I can't wait till we get it. Make my life so much easier. And I mean, trash, just for like, like normal people's sake, like if any one of us were to do this, it's like immediate jail time. Yeah. I mean, well, what they actually, so anybody who gets a suspicious activity report, like the Bidens have had multiple, generally what, what, what has to occur is the second and any bank employee can submit, can submit an inquiry. Very few only compliance would have access to the official treasury system, but if you think there's a problem and compliance looks at it and they say, yes, this is very odd or makes us uncomfortable or whatever, they'll submit the SAR via the treasury portal. And while that is adjudicated, that money that was supposed to be transferred or, or sent, usually it's caught in a payment or an in, inbound or outbound transfer gets set aside in one of the bank's accounts until it's resolved. And the bank I used to work for, it's in like $3 billion dollars with some of these things dating back to the 60s where the individual could never prove that they were not on whatever watch list or whatever sanctions regime. So again, like once this happens, the money for one is set aside, the deal, you know, whatever's happening is stopped. And then after, and if you can't prove within 30 days that the money is legitimate or the purpose or resolve whatever questions the bank has, it generally would just sit there forever and then they'll refer you to treasury. So, and to your point, you would get instantly investigated. (laughs) 100%. And your name would not be redacted from complaints. (laughs) So, um, 
I, so if you guys go through this, it kind of lays out the entire scheme that they're sh that they're showing here. Um, highly recommend if you are uh, a finance person or you really want to understand, you know, kind of the FINRA violations that are in here, what 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 exactly this this bond scheme was. Highly recommend because it actually gives you a timeline. It says, you know, it goes from May 7th of 2015, May 8th of 2015 to May 13th of 2016. It kind of breaks down the entire scheme and it's all right there. Uh, that's really interesting. But if you if you move forward a little bit, there's a section B here, and, and this is describing the self-dealing transactions involving M. Bloom. So Archer has defrauded investors and in other schemes for which he has not been held accountable. Specifically, Archer was complicit in an undisclosed self-dealing scam involving M. Bloom, a Hawaii-based venture capital fund in which Archer invested and which was also partially funded by taxpayer dollars. Arben Kane, Nick Bacanic, managed M. Bloom, a technology fund to invest in startup companies. Archer's firm, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners, invested $5 million in the venture, matched by state-financed investor Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation, for a total of $10 million. <laughs> highly recommend going through the rest of this i just wanted to kind of pique your guys's interest in this a bit i'm going to get to the hand okay yeah i'll go to the hands now because i'm going to get to the conclusion go ahead uh i don't know who's next Jen. hey trash i have a question um why is this taken so long to investigate if this happened in 2016 like they've had more than enough time to be looking into this why is this the first time we're all of a sudden hearing about this because this is the first time that there's a possibility for accountability for not only these agencies but these these banks these people intermediaries <clears throat> there was no danger of that before everything was locked down and the information flow was completely controlled you could completely lock this information down never make it to the public and there was no appetite in any of these in any of these bureaucracies to investigate any of this they buried it. Why? Because it led back to Joe Biden. And most likely it led back to Obama and Hillary and Obama and Joe Biden. They're not going to allow any of this to see the light of day because if it leads back to them at all, they're done. And we're seeing it now. So I think this is a cover your ass thing that we're seeing now at this point, you know, sinking ships and the rats, you know, go ahead, Robert. Uh, that's, I like that description. It, it, you know, the, um, the catalyst was, the, you know, leaving the laptop at Mac Isaac's shop and then, you know, having the research team to dig into it. Great reporting and research by um, Julie Kelly and Peter, Peter Schweizer um, and the Marco Polo team. The, you know, while this is going on, they find one little teeny crime for Devin Archer on the on the one Indian bond deal. And they they don't look at anything else. And it's very it's purposely don't look at anything else very similar to the the um the delaware indictment of hunter biden when he's he's uh, alleged to have lied on a gun application and i believe there was one small tax charge those are the two kind of tiny things they were kind of rammed through but if you remember what unraveled in that one with with just you know a couple months ago was that the um, pressure applied to the delaware judge from uh, Rudy Giuliani from Marco Polo team from Heritage Foundation. They basically said, you've got to look at this, look at the, and, and, and the IRS whistleblowers that were right in there a few days before they said, nope, it's not a few hundred thousand dollars. This is, it's more like several million dollars of tax evasion that Hunter Biden was involved in. So you had the IRS whistleblowers that just came out two months ago. So you have this snowballing effect where the disclosure is out there. The research is out there. And, um, and 
thankfully the judge for whatever reason this this um blanket indemnity you know blanket plea plea bargain that would have hidden everything and shut down the congress um that got busted open so now here we are um we have lots more running room to investigate all these other related crimes and i i if you go back and look at the original devon archer um settlement I would love to see the communications between he and the family and say, okay, well, you know, dude, you're going to have to like take, take it for the team for a little, we'll, we'll do a little slap on the wrist for one year, but we're going to make sure the judge doesn't know about it. And nobody's going to find out. We're going to have, maybe, maybe there's another blanket amnesty plea deal that we don't even know about from, you know, that we caught recently, but maybe that was applied to Devin Archer two years ago. No. And, and that's the thing. And, and this is not going to stop. This is why, I mean, some people may be like, Aaron, you've been talking about this like you did. A, you've done a six part series on series on Missouri v. Biden. Why? Why don't just cover it once? Or why are you doing, you know, Hunter Biden and Devin Archer again? Why are you doing Biden Inc. again? Because there's always updates and these updates are very, 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 very important to keep talking about, to not let them get buried out there. And I'm already seeing people retweet and quote this stuff and uh, and tying it and investigating other things. This is very, very important to do. This is why I continue to do it. And so I appreciate you guys being here. Bree, go ahead and then Patrick. Yeah, thanks for hearing me up there. You know, I can't help but wonder if this is connected to the gear up scandal here in South Dakota. You know, one one of the biggest sort of scandals to rock the state of South Dakota was the, the gear up funds and grants that we're supposed to go to the American Indian Initiative. And I just linked the trial, which everybody was acquitted, by the way, um, during that investigation. But I mean, this timeline fits perfectly with Gear Up. So I'm really curious, and I'm really curious what this might mean for now Senator Mike Rounds, who was the governor of South Dakota at that time, and current attorney, well, again, Attorney General Marty Jackley. He was the Attorney General at that time. Um, and from what I understand, there's quite a few allegations that he helped to sort of sweep this under the rug. And now he's the Attorney General again. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And so I wonder if these this is the grant that is being referenced in these documents. Um, yeah. Thanks, Trash. Yeah. I think you should look more into it and maybe we can I'll have you do a 30 second elevator pitch about what gear up was for the space here in a moment. Uh, let me get to Patrick. Go ahead. Now I was just looking at some of these, um, honestly, like this form, I, I knew about this process, but to actually go and do this independent complaint with the sec outside of the bank tells me also that this individual went through the bank channels first and was either told to just drop it or ignore it. And for whatever, for probably very good reasons, they felt it necessary to engage an attorney, one, pay for them, and do this whistleblower complaint directly with the SEC. This is incredibly rare. Incredibly, incredibly rare. Just thought I'd add that in. And as I looked at the Morgan Stanley presentation the other problem with this, they were essentially pricing these bonds well over market with no evidence that there was a, so it looked like possibly they were laundering money using these bonds because they were priced 
without ever trading at like over par value, despite no evidence that there was any any underlying value <laughs> to them. And the legal entity structure, there's a really neat slide in the Morgan Stanley deck that um, lays out all these legal entities. And, and it is, it's the kind of thing, like, again, this person must have felt really, really uncomfortable. And like the Morgan Stanley internal um, escalation process was not working. So... Yeah, no, I, and, and you're right. This most likely is exactly what it, what you say is. And again, so in conclusion here, and you guys can read through the full full deal if you want to. I just try to give some highlights of it. Uh, but pursuant to confidentiality protections under the whistleblower provisions of the Dodd-Frank Act, we understand that both the fact that the whistleblower has made a whistleblower submission to the SEC and Mr. Whistleblower identity as an SEC whistleblower will remain confidential and will not be disclosed to public or third parties outside the government in order to ensure that he will not suffer adverse ramifications from his employer or within the industry at large. Mr. Blank looks forward to assisting the SEC in its investigation of the fraudulent conduct detailed herein. Please feel free to contact me with any questions. And that is Amiana Stovall, who is the legal representative uh, for the SEC whistleblower from Morgan Stanley. So that dropped yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's going to keep coming. And there's going to be more. Uh, I'm going to maybe get some more comments here and take a break for a second because I don't want to get into probably just we can probably even. Let's let's go to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the deep, the, the 14 page debunked claims uh, that the Hill reported. When did they report this? Was that today or yesterday? Ah, all I did was pull the source document. I don't. I think it was. I think they. I think they reported on it today. And uh, so they, I have the full document. What do you guys think so far? <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've never seen a. I've seen some bizarre deals like international like arrangements and things, but for something this small to have this many. Just like legal entities involved that don't don't really appear to do anything, um, the and it it does appear that Morgan Stanley investigated it for about a year, and then dropped it. And at that point, this whistleblower still wasn't satisfied. But there, it's a. I mean, this is just it just screams money laundering. Like it, when when you do your annual training at a big bank, they, you know. This is one of the key. Any, anybody who's a politically exposed person gets extra scrutiny. So that, and his first name is Robert. Who knew? That was the other thing I saw here, Robert Hunter Biden. But the um, the uh, first thing is, you know, like a politically significant or or pep, as we call him, exposed person. And then on top of that, multiple legal entities, multiple jurisdictions. And the other thing is, he had all the proceeds of this bond deal sitting in one account in his own name. It wasn't even in the name of one of the entities. It was sitting in Archer's own account. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 nuts. And real quick, guys, I, I remember I said I was going to skip over the transcript, but I don't think I'm going to because this was, I, I remember now, it wasn't just a transcript. So this was actually uh, what the House Oversight Committee had actually dropped today on their website. Uh, and was, they were saying evidence of Joe Biden's involvement in his family's influence peddling schemes. And so I highly recommend actually checking it out. I did tweet it into that into that thread. It's right below the full SEC complaint. 
that we just went over. The next tweet is this oversight house, the house oversight. Uh, basically, they have like a roadmap here. Uh, and they've got the text messages. They've got the WhatsApp stuff. I, I think I'm going to go through this. I think it'd be very important for this recording because then we're going to read what they're trying to debunk. So if you open up that, if you open up that file, man, I can't wait till we have video on here. Um, evidence of Joe Biden's involvement in his family's influence peddling schemes. This is from the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. This just came out today. And they're saying that there's mounting evidence that Joe Biden was involved in his family's influence peddling schemes, including while he served as vice president. However, Democrats and their corporate media allies continue to ignore this overwhelming evidence as they seek to distract the American people from the Biden's family corruption. Below are over 20 examples of Joe Biden's involvement. So in July of 2023, former uh, Biden business associate Devin Archer described how Joe Biden was the brand, quote unquote, and was used to send, quote, signals of power, access and influence to enrich the Biden family from foreign sources. Now, Mr. Mandolfo is actually interviewing Devin Archer here right now in this transcript. He said, you keep saying the brand, but by brand, you mean Biden family, correct? Archer says, correct. And that brand is what, in your opinion, was the majority of what the value was delivered from Hunter Biden to Burisma? And Devin says, no, I didn't say the majority, but I would speculate on percentages. But I do think that there was an element of it. So then Rep. Rep. Andy Biggs says, when you say Biden family, sorry to cut in here, I just want to get clarification. You aren't talking about Dr. Jill or anybody else. You're talking about Joe Biden. Is that fair to say? Devin Archer says, yes, that's fair to say. He says, listen, I think it's, I don't think about it as, you know, Joe directly, but it's fair. It's fair to say. Obviously, that brought the most value to the brand. So that was part of, part of the testimony, uh, deposition. Maybe that's, no, maybe that, that was when Devin was up on the hill because it's Andy Biggs and Mandolfo both talking to him. So, yeah. Uh, Devin Archer alone was aware of at least 20 times of when Vice President Biden spoke on speakerphone with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates. Democrats would have had Americans believe that these phone calls with them, Biden, were simply to discuss the weather. You guys remember this. They were trying to say, oh, you're just talking about the weather. They're not. It doesn't really matter. He's not actually there. Like, yeah, OK, maybe the calls did happen. First, it wasn't that did happen, but now they did. But they're just talking about the weather like 20 times getting weather updates from each other. But yeah, that's that's exactly what they were doing. And so it, it, you can see the screenshot there. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. Jen? Sorry, I was on mute, Trash. I'll, never mind. Can I mention that James Mandolfo worked in the Trump White House and a, a great guy. We have a really talented team over there at House Oversight and their legal staff. Agree. I just I just wanted to point out, Trash, that if you go back to the last sentence you read before the the last one you read, um, it Devin Archer clearly says that Joe Biden is what brought value to the brand, that Joe Biden's name is what brought value to the brand, which we all know. But I mean, that's the whole thing that we're trying to prove here is that the influence peddling. Yeah. And if you can go back to like Devin Archer's interview with Tucker Carlson, he he was they got even deeper into it than what Biggs and Modolfo were doing in here. Um, and you're saying, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how DC works. DC is an influence operation. That's, that's the money is one thing, but, but influence capital is what drives this, that thus. So it's like, and Hunter Biden is not the one with the influence. The only person with influence in this entire, <laughs> entire, uh, network is Joe Biden. Yeah. Go ahead, Robert. So, you know, a lot of folks have come in since the start of the space here. Um, I think the Tim Pool comments really were just damning and uh, torched the media. The, the question was, um, 
has who is covering this? It, 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 Tim Tim Pool is saying this is just a massive cover up. And the mainstream media will not touch it because they're you're not going to get their you know preferred seating at the White House Correspondents Ball and all that, whatever. So it, it, has anybody seen any mainstream coverage of the of the Morgan Stanley memo out there? How how did it come out to to you? And where is it? John Solomon, Just the News, is the only place I saw it. Yeah, I, I didn't see it any. And again, I suffer a few minutes of CNN each day just to to see what kind of crazy they're they're peddling. But um, I'm going to try searching CNN.com to see if it's there at all. But I doubt it. the The, the challenge here is, and again, I we all know the media is kind of useless, uh, more than kind of useless, useless right now. But if they don't cover this. And at some point it becomes mainstream knowledge and people are pissed off. They're not going to have a leg to stand on. So I just don't understand the motivation that said, there's one other thing here. I had never, how is it? We never, and I know we're talking about it right now, but how did we never hear about this is the deal. This particular deal with that tribe is the reason Devin Archer is about to go to prison because they did finally follow up and take him all the way through trial on charges of issuing fake bonds, which is what this this is the deal. And I think this is the complaint that led to that prosecution. Um, there's a really interesting email also on like the just the news on another similar article. I'll drop it. But I mean, it's this is the, the source of why he just got sentenced to four years, I believe. There's nothing. There's nothing. The only the House Oversight Committee released uh, something six hours ago on this, but Google search the first few pages, nothing. Unless, unless um, a month ago, they're talking about the other case that Devin Archer was in, and Devin Archer's still out. He's not. He's not in jail. He's not in jail on that one. So they're they're appealing that the first one, the, the fraud charges, and now he's got this other one. If this were, you know, Jen, you can, if if this were a Trump person. They would have been locked away in in the DC Gulag for a long time, right? Yeah, I mean, like it, it, over and over, and not just this. Like, name a number of other things that, God forbid, it was a Trump person or a Trump family member doing this. Like, they would already be in jail and throw away the key. Yet, Devin Archer sentence. Oh, he's going to appeal now. He doesn't have to go to prison. Like. Why, how is there such a, a distinct difference in our justice system? Um, and, and we're still just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let's like the Biden's is like the gift that keeps on giving with freaking, you know, criminal activity. Well, and he's even already gone kind of against the family, Don Biden only, you know, like he's even gone against the family and they still haven't thrown him in prison, which suggests to me that he's got to either have more dirt than we know about or there's i mean because otherwise he would be in jail and and the thing is on those tax charges like robert was saying they had they they allowed the statute to to lapse which again it's a it's in this doesn't happen on accident like filing deadlines and statute limitations are like two dates that you track when you are pursuing any sort of legal case and to just allow the statute of limitations to lapse on 
felony, like million dollar a year deliberate tax avoidance is unconscionable in the context. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I tell you what, let me uh, let me let me play a little bit more of that Tim Pool clip because I've had this prepared. I thought he did a great job and it, it really speaks to what we're speaking to right now. Uh, let me play some more of that because I've got it. And it, um, d- the frustration is our frustration. And again, that this will lead me to go back to what the House Oversight was talking about, but then it'll lead me back to the David Brock 2022 memo. He said, through our investigations, we have found that President Biden did lie to the American people about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. The speaker charged, claiming these allegations paint a picture of a culture of corruption. A culture of corruption? Uh We have so much evidence. We have so much that it is shocking to me. Anyone else that had three years ago a confidant come out and say outright that they were peddling influence for cash. That would have resulted in a very serious investigation, but no impeachment inquiry. And you know what? Maybe that's that's the Republicans' fault. In many ways, Trump's fault, because this was 2020. Now another confidant, so you had Tony Bobulinski, you had Devin Archer, they came out and corroborated everything. You've got email exchanges, 10% for the big guy. You've got text messages from Hunter saying he gives his dad his salary. You've got fake names used by the president to send government information to his son. His son flew on Air Force Two to engage in private equity deals. At what point? At what point? Will these scumbags in the press be like, actually, there's a lot of evidence that Joe Biden was doing corrupt things. You know, what's really funny. You know, I'm going to pull up the story. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an old story. It's an old story, but it's from 2019. And we're going to we're going to play this game. Let's roll. You scumbag SOBs. Politico wrote Iden Inc. Over his decades in office, middle class Joe's family fortunes have closely tracked his political career. And they, I think they even have a graphic in here. Maybe it's in the video. Oh, no, they have graphics here outlining how, uh, how his uh, 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 you know, role in government led to his son and brother making a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, that's the gist of the whole article. So you get the point. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump down. They've got some images. I thought there was one showing. Uh, I think in the video they show this like track of when Joe Biden becomes VP and then where his brother gets jobs, and it's just, it's all easily aligned. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Associated Press. <laughs> they tweeted, Since gaining the House majority, House Republicans have aggressively investigated Biden and his son, claiming without evidence that they engaged in influence peddling scheme. I just love it so much. I wonder who wrote this tweet. These people are evil. Because uh, I, I just, <laughs> I pulled this up <clears throat> from uh, October 22nd, 2020. Tony Bobulinski's statement on Hunter Biden. C-SPAN, a former business associate of Hunter Biden, son of former Vice President Joe Biden, made a statement about business dealings in China. He said he would turn over any electronic evidence to the Biden of Biden family involvement. Yeah, he, uh, he outright said they're involved. And this is evidence. This is, this is, this is evidence. And uh, there's a lot more. But uh, I give you this tweet from Axios. Just before the 2020 election, Biden and his campaign said that Hunter hadn't made money from China and that Biden hadn't met one of Hunter's Ukrainian business associates during his vice presidency. 
but recent sworn testimony suggests otherwise. Now hold on there a minute, Axios. Recent? Yo. Recent? That's crazy. Tony Bobulinski came out at the same time just before the election, alleging otherwise. It's not a recent testimony, but hey, I like this. Let's say, uh, uh, but sworn testimony suggests otherwise. Oh, it sounds like there's evidence because witness testimony is evidence in a criminal proceeding or in, in, in any regard. Yeah, witness testimony is evidence. This is the world you get with the corrupt corporate press. The most predictable impeachment investigation in American history, writes CNN Politics. And what garbled nonsense have they to say? The initiation of an impeachment investigation against a president ought to be an earth-shaking moment in a nation's history. Yet when Kevin McCarthy announced, blah, 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 McCarthy argued the impeachment inquiry was the logical next step amid Republicans' claims so far unproven. You see how they do that? This is, this is um, the game they play. For what reason did they include that? Let's go back to the AP. You see how they do the commas? House Republicans have aggressively, aggressively investigated Biden comma, claiming without evidence. Why? For what purpose do they inject that? Those are primers. They want to frame the story before the information is given. Because after the fact, when you start to learn about what's really going on, going on, the people then go, that's unproven. The way the game works is, let's say that there's like a, like a big building. And, uh, you know, I don't know, a truck crashes into it. And there's no video of it happening. And then they come out and they say a truck crashed into this building and you stand outside of it. And you're like, yo, I don't see a truck anywhere. OK, you said a truck crashed into this building. I see the damage, but there's no truck. And they point to like a tire and you're like, where's the rest of the truck? Right. And then someone puts out a video showing like blurry n nothing and then a crash happening. And they're like, see, there's the video of the truck crashing into the building. You'd be like, that video doesn't show a truck crashing into the building. Right. It's, just, it's blurry. I don't, I don't know what I'm seeing. But the corporate press then runs the story. Video released of truck crashing into building. And then what happens is the average person who only reads headlines and does not watch the videos will be hanging out and they'll be saying, like, man, it's really, it's really horrible what happened with that truck crash. And then you'll say, yeah, I was down there. I didn't see a truck crash. And they'll go, they released a video of the truck crash. What are you talking about? And you'll say, no, they didn't. And they're like, yes, they did. I read It's in every paper but they didn't actually watch it. This is the game they play. I think he's making a very, very valid point there. Um, like I said, I, I, I just happened to catch it. I mean, he does two, three videos a day, plus his live on and at night. And uh, depending upon his topic, I'll watch the video. Like if I'm listening to something in the background, whatever, driving to work. And I caught this clip uh, driving to work this morning. And I just thought it was really, really important to note because what happened? Well, what do you mean there's no evidence? Well, the House Oversight Committee that I'm going over here right now has plenty of evidence to warrant an investigation, doesn't it? And so they say there's no evidence because all the headlines and all the all of the, the tweets from the Associated Press or Axios or 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 New York Times or Washington Post, they got these headlines saying Republicans pounce, Republicans pounce and unwarranted investigation because, of course, they are. They're weaponizing, blah, 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 blah. And what they're doing is basically just positing these headlines saying, well, I mean, they're going to do an impeachment inquiry, obviously without evidence or no evidence has been found. 
Whereas this is specifically what we're doing. We're, this is specifically the evidence that would warrant an investigation, would it not? And so as you go through this, you just got to remember when you see that there's a lot of people that just still believe these headlines because they don't read the content. So the purpose of the space is to go through the content, right? You've got, you've got this evidence right here. We, and I've gone over this, I don't know how many times, right? Remember guys, remember the email chains that came out recently about uh, uh, Joe Biden's new pseudonym, Robert L. Peters? <laughs> well, that's in here too. Vice President Biden was informed by a staff of a call in 2016 with President of Ukraine, Petra Poroshenko, copied on that official email, Hunter Biden, who was sitting on the board of Ukrainian company Burisma. I've played those calls. I have those calls. We've got those recordings. I think OAN, Chanel Ryan, I think she originally reported on it and a couple other people reported on it. They had the phone calls. And then it actually has the itinerary on my, I can't say what day that is, but May 27, 2016. So here's, here's the itinerary from Robert L. Peters to NCCing Hunter Biden. And this is going to John Flynn at the EOP group. So prep for call with President Poroshenko, Ukraine, 845. Call with the call with the with with Poroshenko, then to the airport. From the airport, going from there, then to a phone line backstage, so on and so forth. Then you depart the airport and you arrive. So it's got his entire itinerary here. This is obviously Joe Biden. They're going to the lake house and Bar Carpenter Center. This is obviously Robert L. Peters is obviously Joe Biden, right? And then on December fourth of twenty fifteen, a Biden business associate, Eric Schwerin wrote to Kate Bedingfield in the office of the vice presidents, uh, providing quotes to use in response to the media outreach regarding Hunter Biden's role in Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company. Later that day, Ms. Bedingfield responded to Eric Schwerin saying, quote, VIP signed off on this, according to Devin Archer after a Burisma board of directors meeting in Dubai. On the evening of December 4th, 2015, Hunter Biden called D.C. to discuss pressure that Burisma asked him to relieve. So, I, again, here's this is the emails. It's, it's, it's all here. Like, what do you mean? There's no evidence. There's plenty of evidence. It's all here. And a lot of this stuff comes from the Hunter Biden laptop, too. So, you know, and again, go check out the laptop for yourself. It's uh, Marco Polo they, and Garrett over there. They've done great reporting on it. Um, Miranda Devine, laptop from hell. She's I think she even got a book out of it. So, yeah, go ahead, Patrick. I'm gonna get back to this. Oh, yeah, I got I have the theory on this that Hunter Biden actually wants to tell the world how awful his father is. Just kind of just a theory, but nobody loses. He's a smart guy, you know, and doesn't apparently, even though he's obviously not a very good person, but it just doesn't seem to me like you could lose two laptops that you could, knowing that you got secret service around you constantly, like, it feels kind of like a cry for help. I don't, just kind of throwing that out there, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've had those thoughts myself, but we'll see. I mean, I mean, the fact they pulled him into the White House to, I guess, protect him from subpoenas or other, like, is is are they trying to keep him close so that he doesn't, you know? It's just a weird. All of it's just weird. Very much so. So, uh, again, you got the more transcripts. you got Kate Bedingfield. You guys go take a look at this. It's on the, I, I put it down in the, in the chat. It's in the thread. Um, it's from the, uh, the House Oversight. This is, is all your receipts, right? Uh, in May 2017, James Gilliar, a, a Biden family associate, emailed Hunter Biden and other associates to formulize how, formulate, should be formulate, not formulize, how they would divide the profit from their deal with the CEFC, the Chinese Communist Party-linked energy company. 
If you guys remember that clip I just paid from Tim Pool, this was the Associated Press and Axios saying there was no Chinese energy deals. What are you guys talking about? Oh, except for 2017 of May, James Gillier, Biden family associate, emailed Hunter Biden and other associates to formulate how they would divide the profit from their deal with CEFC, Chinese Communist Party linked energy company, with Patrick Ho, who's been found in jail. If you guys want to know more about that, go take a look at the Gall Luft uh, case that was learned against them. There's tons of it in there. <laughs> like, it's it, it's all there, guys. Like So, all right, if you want to know, tell them I'm talking about Gall Luft. And you know what? Trust them or not. I don't know. Trust the government on their charging documents or not. Regardless, it's there. And if you guys want to know more about that specific scenario, if you go to, where's my Gall Luft? If you go to my highlights, or, come on, Twitter, get your stuff together. All right, highlights. There's a space that I did on Gall Luft, who was the supposed uh, whistleblower uh, witness of the house that just disappeared. Uh, but he was charged by the DOJ. And in that, let's see, where's that? In those charging documents, they actually go into great detail of Hunter Biden's, Joe Biden's, uh, how they were able to actually, you know, how they were moving money, how he was laundering money. But if you look at the charging documents, it's actually in there. There's a thread that I actually included that Dawson S. Field had put together and basically went through the entire, went through the entire uh, charging documents for God Luft and breaks down everything that was in these charging documents. And it actually shows up here too. It shows up in, it's just everywhere. So no evidence, I, they say, right? Anyway, I didn't mean to get off topic, but I just, my, my point is it's all there. And so in May 2017, James Gillier, Biden family associate, emailed Hunter Biden and other associates to formalize how they would divide profit uh, with their deal from CEFC, uh, which is a Chinese Communist Party-linked energy company. Gillier indicated Joe Biden would receive 10%, which has been confirmed by the former family associate, Tony Bobulinski. And again, you've got the breakdown right here. This is an email. Tony Bobulinski had provided... And it says, at the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as followed. 20 for H, 20 for RW, 20 for JG, 20 for TB, 10 for Jim, and 10 held by, for H, by H for the big guy. Then if you look at the next, James Gilliard told Tony Bobulinski, another business associate, quote, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face-to-face. -face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. These are WhatsApp screenshots right there. It's right there. They're paranoid. <laughs> but if they're doing nothing wrong, then what's the matter? Well, yeah, why would you be uh, paranoid exactly? And, I mean, I, I, I have to wonder, too, like, because it's, it's one of those things, the more, the first time you do something like this, like the first time I've known people have gotten in trouble for, you know, uh, selling services to you know, people that they know at special rates and getting money on under the table, that sort of thing. And the first time you get away with it, you get more and more comfortable as time goes on. And at this point, I mean, the Bidens missed 9-11 to hang out with a bunch of big tech folks in Hanoi and do business deals. Like that was the reason he didn't make it back. So at this point, is it just open season? Because they figure they've got, you know, the media is going to run cover. Um, they already are. And uh, this, you know, they're they have 
no risk, no real risk here. And the other question is, why did it take Congress so long to decide it's so obvious to anybody? Even my liberal friends will admit that it looks bad at the very least that they couldn't get away with this stuff. And so at the very least, it looks really bad. And normally that should be enough for a top politician. I mean, to be looked into, it's just wild. I wonder if everybody else doesn't have a Hunter Biden in their closet. Like Pelosi's got Paul Pelosi Jr. I don't know if Mitch probably has a nephew or second cousin or somebody that, I mean, does everybody have a Hunter Biden? Is that what we're dealing with here? Yeah, I couldn't tell you, but I do know that the info is here, man. And so if you guys go through it again, it's down in the chat, go through it again. You need to show it to your liberal friends and say at very least it doesn't look good. Well, okay. Actually it looks pretty bad. Uh, and it's here. So, uh, in that thread that's down in the chat, just click on it so you can get to it. The, 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 what I'm reading through now is the evidence of Joe Biden's involvement in his family's influence peddling schemes. This is from the House Oversight that came out today. They've got all the text messages. They've got some of the emails. They've got the WhatsApps. They've got the other emails. They've got the other communications. I believe this is uh, not WhatsApp, but uh, WeChat, looks like, Ch- Chinese business associate, but dealing with China. And then you got Rob Walker in here. Uh, and so you've got even Josh Wilson of the FBI talking to Rob Walker's recorded interview with the FBI in December 2020 told agents that Joe Biden attended a CEFC meeting at the Chinese energy company. Like Joe Biden flew Hunter Biden to China on Air Force Two on taxpayer dollars to make these make these meetings. And Hunter Biden was the middleman. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Hunter Biden wants to tell all. I mean, he was used by not just Joe Biden. He was used by all of these people. He was used by Sally Painter, Blue Star Strategies. If he's being used by them, that means he's being he's being used through them by, say, Hillary Clinton and Obama. If you guys don't know who Sally Painter and Blue Star Strategies are, who was a key component of a lot of the stuff that was going on in Ukraine between Burisma and the Bidens and Rosemont Seneca, take a look at that. I think I've even done a space on that, too. I'm telling you, I, we could probably string all these spaces together and all the evidence. And it could probably give you the entire the entire picture of what's going on over there. And yet. Most importantly, the subpoena power that the, the impeachment inquiry is going to give is going to tie all of these things together because then they can request anything they want to tie it all together. Everything I have is publicly available information. I, I have not received any leaked information. I don't receive hot tips. This is all public information that's been out there, just putting it all together for you to understand. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. Yeah, Trash, um, you know, if Chelsea Clinton was a crackhead, would we be seeing the same thing with Chelsea Clinton? And I feel like her name goes, you know, unannounced. Like it's only like Bill and Hillary, but like Chelsea is a shrewd bitch, right? And she's known for being like that. So like, is there a whole nother web that's being run through Chelsea Clinton um, that needs to be exposed? And then, you know, you know, Trash, that I feel that there's a huge part of me that thinks that Hunter did leave that laptop on purpose. Because if you go through the emails and you read um, right before Joe announced his run for president, Hunter in the emails is like literally begging his dad not to run. No, dad, don't do it. Everything's going to come out. Don't do it. Like telling him not to do it. So if you're in Hunter's position, you know you're screwed 
The only thing you could do is leave that laptop and then you go and sing like a canary to the FBI and throw your dad under the bus. And is Joe like the fall guy because Joe and, and Hunter were so sloppy with their dealings? Um, is is Hunt is Joe the fall guy for this whole um, you know, institutionalized like uh criminal system they got going here, um, where you know they can pin this all on Joe Biden and Obama and Clintons and all these other people walk away scot-free. I, I think that it's probably more common than we, than we, I think it's more common than we commonly talk about. I mean, I think, you know, it. I know it. I think anybody on the panel knows it. These, this is what they do. This is why, this is why as they grow up, they're so corrupt. I mean, even Alexander Soros, that kid looks completely unhinged, but look at what he's been in the middle of growing up you know so it's like you just see it they wear it on their faces or in hunter's case he smokes it on camera <laughs> but like yeah and they and they all do it to want to please their parents right and i'm sure there's a selfish motive there for power and, and money but ultimately it's to please their parents and these parents are some of the most corrupt, disgusting people in the world. And we could sit there and, and, and say, like, well, yeah, I mean, look what happens in Africa with these warlords. I mean, it's absolutely gruesome. These are evil, evil people. I would agree. But in the same breath, these people, those people are not misrepresenting themselves. These people are. They're saying that they're patriotic Americans and they tell the truth and they believe in, in, in integrity and decency and decency is on the ballot. Right, Dr. Jill? Decency is on the ballot. Oh, is it? This looks incredibly decent to me, Dr. Jill. So they they lie and they lie to your face and they and they gaslight you and they impeach presidents over it because they just couldn't stand to to smell their own pollution. These are the most disgusting people on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. At least with some evil people, they don't beat around the bush and tell you they're evil, and then show you they are. These people want to act like saints and are the devils in, in, in disguise. It's disgusting. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I mean, there, there's doing like, I mean, not that it makes it right, right? But there's these people doing these business dealings in other countries, like we know that happens, right? But these, these dealings and what they're doing is putting the American people at a disadvantage, right? Their own people that they went out on TV and lied to and said, no, this never happened. And then what makes it even worse is when Joe gets into the office, not is he a patriotic American, he's a freaking communist, like, let's just be real, who's running the country into the ground, giving $6 billion to Iran on 9-11. Like, they're, they're throwing it in our face, and, and, and uh, I don't even know. Well, and that's the part I think that's so frustrating for so many of us is that, that brazenness of it. I mean, to be... He's still jetting around on Air Force One now, Hunter. I mean, you would think that with all the scrutiny, they would at least try to look, you know. And and why is it every politician? I, I've I've worked with some bankers that had, you know, I'm, I'll never forget this one guy got a hundred million dollars sign on because he brought his desk over um, from city to us, and so paid handsomely for it, and. Most of these politicians are worth, I mean, even ones that weren't there for that long are worth 50, 100 million dollars. 
and they and in Biden's case in particular, he's got no other verifiable skill or source of income ever. It's not like he came into office wealthy. Well, no, and, and, and Patrick, to that point real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Joe was known as the poorest member of Congress forever. Like, Joe Biden, like, was known, he Amtrak Joe, right? Like, he, he took Amtrak to work. Like, he it wasn't that wealthy. Sorry, my earbud died. No, but, I mean, it's true. Like, like, he was known as Lunch Bucket Joe from Scranton. But I didn't realize until Tucker looked in, you know, in one of his first Tucker on X um, oh, uh, mono, uh, presentations, he talks about Joe bought that first house um, from the DuPonts in 1974 for a song. So what really bothers me is this means that because the Washington elite, they know each other, all these media people, they know what's really going on. They choose to they editorialize, obviously. But that tells me that everybody in Washington on both right and left knew Joe was dirty forever. And nobody said anything until the very end of the 2020 campaign. And even then, the re- there, you know that McConnell, he's been around there long enough. He knew Joe was dirty. All these guys grassly knew Joe was dirty. And yet nobody came out to say anything. In, and and they essentially in the back, the smoke filled rooms of Washington were probably cheering Trump's demise. And and then they still had to steal the election because even with all of the, the whole deck stacked against Trump, he got 12 million more votes than he got the, the time before and more votes by a lot than Obama had ever gotten. And somehow Joe gets even more. It's absolutely crazy to me how dishonest this culture of corruption is that obviously exists there. And I I think the only reason it can be, it seems like it's developed so quickly and maybe it existed always, but it's much less, I think it was a lot less before 2000, but after, as the federal budget just ballooned over the last 20 years, there's just too much money in it. And that's, I mean, to really fix this problem, I think you have to shrink the federal government because with $6 trillion a year in budget, every major company, everybody wants a piece of it. So, and they're going to pay, they're going to, you know, do whatever it takes to get a piece. So you can't just fix the people. I think you have to fix the fundamental issue is the government is too large to properly control and too large to prevent this kind of backroom dealing and stuff from happening, in my opinion. So, yeah, there's not much appetite. So, again, let's remind people that are listening and listening to the recording. Uh, again, uh, down in the chat, uh, Committee on Oversight, House Oversight has, all, has enough receipts that you can take to people that don't believe you to say, okay, well, is there enough at least here that probably we should be looking into this investigating and, and having an impeachment inquiry? That's what this is for. They're bite-sized pieces. They're easy to understand. You can see it for yourself. Show it to other people. If they continue to ignore them, then you know that they're just lying. It's not just cognitive dissonance. It's just lying. Um, but yesterday, the, as The Hill reported, there's a 14-page memo that the White House and others had put out saying that the House Republicans are basing their Biden impeachment stunt on false claims that have been repeatedly debunked. Well, 
That's not true. And then they add quotes from James Comer. Was Joe Biden directly involved with Hunter Biden's business deals? And is he compromised? That's our investigation. I don't know why they're putting that quote in there. James Comer, again, what we're, what we're determining in the House Oversight Committee, the Republicans, is did this compromise Joe Biden? Did his this compromise him in decision-making process? Our investigation is of Joe Biden, always has been. Joe Biden was involved. All roads lead to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has, I believe, committed multiple criminal acts. They're saying that these are all lies, that this has been debunked. Well, I just spent the last hour and 46 minutes showing you that that's not debunked. All of even Tim was yelling at on, on video as well. Like this is that's not true. You're lying, and it has 14 pages here of saying this is the Republican claim uh, that engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national, and then they give you a, a note. This is what you're supposed to think. Really, what this is is this is what journalists and everyone is supposed to use in countering the messaging that's leaking out. So this is what they're supposed to say. This claim is based on what Republicans say is an FD-1023, the whistleblower form, revealing a source telling the FBI about an allegation of bribery from the founder of Burisma, a Ukrainian energy company. Years ago, Hunter Biden served on the board of this company and former President Donald Trump's first impeachment centered on this on this threat to withhold U.S. aid unless the Ukrainian government opened an investigation into the Bidens. Both the form itself and the facts surrounding the episode refute the GOP's claims. Okay, that's not true. Matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and fact check this in real time because I happen to have all these documents. These people are insane. Let me go ahead and pull out the FD 1023 since I have it, you know. God. All right, where are you? Any of my highlights? Let's see. Somebody's requesting that I uh, link all of the different spaces in one thread so people can listen to it and see how they all connect. You can. That's just a lot. (laughs) Um, Here, I'll pull up the 1023. Give me one second. It's in this massive mega thread that I've got all the rest of the stuff in here, too. But uh, let's pull that out. We even have Lauren Boebert talking about the FD-1023, which they, they view the documents inside the skiff. So that's interesting. Uh, let's see. All right. I know Jen's going to be back here shortly. Uh, let's see. Gary Shapley. Okay. Okay, here, here we go. FD-1023 form alleging that then Vice President Joe Biden was involved in a $5 million bribery scheme with a Burisma executive has been released. And it's right here. So I'll grab it again. I'll put it down in the chat so you guys don't have to go searching through my monster thread. But it's right here. And so right here, Republican claim number one, we're going to fact check it in real time. This claim, based on what Republicans say, is an FBI FD 1023 form revealing a source telling the FBI about an allegation of bribery from the founder of Burisma, Ukrainian energy company. Years ago, Hunter Biden served on the board of this company. And the former President Donald Trump's first impeachment centered on the threat to withhold U.S. aid. Well, okay, they blended two things into one there. One, they're saying that when when they were saying that Trump was impeached because he was asking, hey, there's some corruption. You might want to take a look at it, that he was trying to get dirt on a political opponent, which Joe Biden hadn't even announced a run yet at that point. So, like, that's already let's fact check that right away. Now, let's take a look at the FD 1023. This is from a source uh, reporting on June 26th of 2020, confidential uh, human source. 
And this is the 1023. By the way, this is the same whistleblower. I'm sorry, confidential human source that the FBI has been paying for over 10 years at that point. Like, this is not new. This is not random. This is somebody they've been paying for a long time to be a confidential human source. And in this FD 1023 report, it literally lays out all of it. It lays out how the confidential human source asked Zlochevsky, who was the uh, CEO of Burisma at that time, that he would pay 20, 30 million to buy a U.S. company for IPO. I mean, listen, you can go through this all. It's all here in this 1023. So it's, it's again, fact checking in real time. They're saying, well, these are just claims. They're 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 not they're not proven. They're just claims. Okay. Well, all of it's there, and there are receipts attached to those claims. So number one, Republican claim number one completely debunked. Right? They're saying it's debunked. They're saying that the FD 1023 forms are simply a memorialization of tips to the FBI. They are not documented proof, and allegations do not need to be corroborated to be included on the form. They're simply unverified claims. That's correct. This is not. So, again, do you see what they're doing here? This is this is what Tim was complaining about. Do you see what they're doing? What they're saying is, is that, well, this is just unsubstantiated claims. Yeah, but this isn't a court case. This is simply an investigation. I would say that those claims warrant an investigation, especially at the at the FD 1023 uh, confidential human source. The FBI had been a confidential human source for 10 years and they had paid several hundred thousand dollars to for all these tips. I would say that this, this is cause for an investigation and impeachment inquiry. So you see how they're twisting it. They're saying, well, this is simply unverified claims. Yes, you take said claims. You do then an investigation on said claims. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. Yeah, but trash, like this also, like, it's not just like you, oh, I, I go and like report a fake crime to a F- SEC or like people don't usually like go specifically and report crimes like this and in this nature if there isn't an actual crime committed because wouldn't, isn't there some kind of fallback on the people if you're lying to the government? Yeah, I mean, if you make a false complaint knowingly, yeah, it's they can come after you and with somebody, depending on how many resources they expend. Oh, no, 100%. So. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't get to the mute button. My phone needed to be wiped off. Yeah, no, it's 100%. But then again, this is what they're doing. This is the spin machine. This is what's gone out from the White House to all the journalists, all the talking heads, all the facts first, media matters, American Bridge crew people that are inserted at these various legacy media institutions. And then this is basically their memo to say, okay, well, it's unsubstantiated. This is just claims. They're not verified. It's simply, at first it was, it doesn't exist. That's fake. Then it was, well, yeah, no, it exists, but it's unverified. And so, and obviously with just because they're saying something doesn't necessarily mean that the FBI is required to cooperate what's being included and being stated. (laughs) Yeah. But that's why we need to do an investigation because nobody else is looking at it. So again, here we go. The FBI stated these forms, quote, do not reflect conclusions of investigators based on a fuller context or understanding. Recording this information does not validate it, establish its credibility, or weigh it against other information known or developed by the FBI in our investigations. It includes links to the AP saying these reports are routine, contain uncooperated, unvetted information, and do not establish their own wrongdoing. Axios came out and said the form simply documents an interview with a source and does not itself indicate any suspicions of wrongdoing. 
Washington Post, New York Times, NBC. So you can see what they've done with this memo. They're saying, hey, here were all the previous talking points. This is how we're going to spin it. This is how you should have everyone look at it. And here, we'll just do your job for you. Take a look. This is already the arguments that have already been made. Do you, do you see this, guys? Is this people like what Tim was talking about? Like, what, what people are like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, what are these people talking about? And why do they all sound like they're saying the same thing? Well, here it is. This memo is telling you exactly why it sounds that way. The David Brock October 25th, 2022 memo with Facts First USA, the SWAT team, tells you exactly what you're this. Okay, to, to, to restart this again, if you haven't been in here in the space, this memo that I'm reading that was published by The Hill is a memo that went out from the White House uh, legal team to various le uh, legacy media channels, main mainstream media journalists, so on and so forth, begging, essentially begging from the Biden administration to these these outlets of to run cover for what these Republicans pounce in the House are doing in this impeachment inquiry. Okay. The David Brock Facts First USA October 25th, 2022 memo is a SWAT team that was created to run this interference. What you're seeing with this memo in the 14 page memo that came from the White House is from essentially the SWAT team. This is the SWAT team in action. So I read that memo to you months ago. That's the, that's the plan. Now you're seeing it in action. That's what this is. And this just came out yesterday because of the impeachment inquiry. Isn't this fascinating? Like, this is this is cutting through the veil. If more people could hear this, if people are like listening to this, if you clip this part and bring bring these receipts, people will understand exactly how this operates. Jen, do you have anything to add to this or Bree? I feel like I the only one I don't trash. Oh, I, I think we don't have anything to add because you're covering everything and you're you're covering it well. So I think we're all just kind of enthralled on what you're you're talking about because like the the corruption runs so deep, it's so blatant. Um, you've had the FBI turning their face and like not looking into it, and I think it's just a lot for everyone to take in that like, oh, we're finding this all out after this guy's in the office, after he's run the country into the ground. Um, oh, by the way, he's corrupt as hell, even though the like Politico people, right, we all knew it. Um, but I think it's getting out to a larger audience that like we weren't crazy. We weren't like just accusing the uh, the quote unquote president of crimes that there were actual crimes being committed or have been committed um, that needed to be exposed. Yeah, 100 percent. And listen to this, like as you keep going through, they're giving you examples. They're, they're, this is the playbook, you know, page two. They're saying, hey, the New York Times said this about the FD 1023. Maybe you can use that. Or, hey, the NBC said the FBI and Scott Brady, when U.S. attorney for Western Pennsylvania reviewed the allegation when it was made in 2020, as well as other information about Hunter Biden's dealings in Ukraine. A senior law enforcement official said last week the bribery allegation, however, was unsubstantiated, the official said. And that's all you need to do. Just pull that quote. It's an appeal to authority. It's one person said somewhere at some point, and they link all these different outlets into this. So you can see what talking points they use, and then you can just use those. You don't even have to think for yourself. Here's your playbook. Here's how you defend against Republicans pouncing. And they're saying multiple individuals have testified that this allegation is not true, including Republicans' own witness and the source of the alleged bribe himself. Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business partner who House Republicans lauded as a hero who was, quote, coming forward to directly tie 
the president to a bribery scheme, testified that he disagrees with the FBI's former uh, allegation that President Biden has been bribed by Burisma Owen. No, he doesn't. So here's what they did. They clipped. They clipped um, this transcript, which I provided to you guys, by the way, they clipped it out of context. And that they're saying that, so based on everything you saw, heard, or observed, do you have any knowledge of Joe Biden having an involvement in Burisma? No, not direct. No. So they're saying, just as we know that Hunter was the go-between, we know that Mykola Zlochevsky, of, of, he was Burisma's owner, and he had intermediaries that were working with Rosemont Seneca, Hunter Biden, 10% for the big guy. And they're saying, they're saying well, this is evidence that even Devin Archer said that Joe Biden was involved. He said, no, not directly. No, no involvement of Joe. No, Yet we know that. That's not what we're arguing. So you see what they're doing here. And then, are you ready for it, Jen? Drum roll. You ready? <laughs> Lev Parnas, Giuliani's former investigator who House Republicans have refused to interview, said that although he was tasked to help, quote, dig up dirt on the Bidens, there was no evidence of bribery or extortion that anyone could find. So now they're now they're they're pulling up Lev, are they? Well, in fact, congressional. Go I, ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, all they have to do is tune into Twitter spaces. I mean, like or like any spaces that like I've been in with Lev and they've let me debate him. Those. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, literally, it's not that hard, guys. Like, you're like, oh, we have to drag these people in front of Congress. Like, no, you could just join a Twitter space and start debating them, and they'll open up like freaking canaries. <laughs> just saying. What's up, Robert? Hey, so, you know, you had um, Enrique Terrio describe how he was coerced into reducing his sentence uh, by trying to do you know do make a lot lie effectively about who he was connected to so you just you see a pattern of this like with lev you know he he was uh, he, he admitted to um crimes and and they got sentenced what we don't know is you know what what work does he ha- does he have to do does he have to earn off his um his reduced sentence by doing stuff like this to you know being out there and, and uh, you know, Michael Cohen, same thing. You know, he's his sentence was shortened a bunch for his taxi cab medallion thing. But he's, you know, routinely trotted out on MSNBC and CNN to just bash, you know, whatever he can about the Trump campaign or whatever. So these guys are toiling their uh, and work earning off their um, their sentence reduction. Yeah, I remember him saying that. That uh, and it's not just him; it was, it's a lot of people have been approached, saying, "Just say this." I, I, even Harrison Floyd was talking about it. it that, that it's it's so transparent, Robert. It's it's crazy. And if you look at this, like, so again, there's 14 pages of this. You, I'm not going to read every single one. I just wanted to show you how to completely break down and fact check these talking points that go out and listen this is nothing new i'm not acting i'm not acting like this is like uh groundbreaking and sometimes i'll see comments from people like yeah dude we already knew this This is nothing new yeah okay well i don't hear anybody ever breaking it down and showing them specifically how it happens it's just a bunch of like hyperbole and just like half-assed analysis saying well no i mean they all get their talking points they must have like a meeting in the morning to talk about it no that's not really how this works but like 
this, the reason I'm doing this is to, is to specifically show people how to cut through all of the spin. That's the reason I played the Tim Pool clip this morning when he was highlighting the extra added verbiage that the Associated Press or Axios or all these other outlets are adding to change the context of, of the information, using it to, for spin, and then creating headlines out of it that people do not read the article, don't read the substance, only read the headline, and then think they're informed. So, yeah, sure, we know they've been doing this for years, but you show me anybody that's breaking this shit down, and I'm sorry they're not. I'm just, I'm so tired of comments like that. Go ahead, Jen. Well, and Trash, the thing is, is even if these political people who, like, are most likely a lot of people on Twitter, right, even if they know the answer, um, you know, or they were on Twitter back before, like, everybody got censored, right, but they might know that but like how much information was censored in 2020 how much information never got out to a broad range of people and people are just now finding out this information and if they're just now finding it out they don't understand how it all fits together and which pieces are together and I think you're doing a great service to everybody in here to connect the pieces and help all of us understand you know how it all fits together in this broader crime ring that the Biden family has been running. 100%. And like, I, I will stream, I will string it together the different spaces that I have in my highlights that where this all fits. So like, if you, if you had the time, if you were traveling or whatever, and you wanted to listen to <laughs> collectively, probably 10 hours of a space, or you wanted to look through the documents that are included in that, you can see how it all connects, how it all fits together. It's all there. Um, and I think that this is really important. This is a huge, the fact that this leaked and made it out into the Hill is a huge opportunity to wake some people up that have never even remotely understood how this all works. Because I didn't even understand it a few years ago. I mean, yeah, I was on Twitter. I've been on old Twitter, new Twitter. I've been around this game for a while, but this is the first time I've ever used my voice and created a community or at least try to have some somewhere to put it all together and frankly i've never had access to a lot of the stuff that we have access to now because now it's something that we have to be paying attention to and it's in the ethos and people want to know it so the congress people being held duty they're doing it james comer's a, james comer's a legend for doing this go ahead jen Sorry, I accidentally hit the mute button. I was hovering over it. Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, why why take the time to make a rude comment? Like, if you don't want to be in here, you don't got to. Like, there's the exit button right at the top. Leave. Like, go to another space. Like, people like to learn. And that's why a lot of people never got involved before is because you have people like, oh, you don't know this already? Or, oh, we know this. Obviously, it's this. Like, no, people don't know. The information has been censored. And and I would encourage a lot of reporters who put out like Millie and Tor and a whole bunch of other people who put out information going back to 2020 that was censored to put it back out because there's so much key information there that not a lot of people saw because it was, you know, censored off the internet. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'll tell you what. Let me break down just one more of these. There's there's a bunch of them, but I won't break them all down. But let me see what one I can quickly fact check so you guys can see. When they spin it, you'll see it. You can't unsee it. But I highly recommend everyone going through this document, by the way, um, because it shows <laughs> they literally... This is how stupid, literally, this is how stupid they are. In this memo, right, they 
they attach this independent uh, reporting and then they name the outlet. They don't name the article, but they name the outlet. So like as an example on this uh, Republican claim three, Joe Biden has participated in his family's global business ventures with American with America's adversaries. Yes, that's true. China, CEFC. Come on, guys. Republicans in Congress say that Joe Biden was directly involved in foreign business dealings with his family. Comers has said that they, quote, already have evidence that would point to Joe Biden was involved with Hunter Biden on this and that America is going to get to see firsthand just how involved Joe Biden was in his family shenanigans. McCarthy's claimed that the Bidens took over 20 million. Well, and they're saying the facts, this is what they say. The facts show Hunter Biden's associates, the, the House Republicans own handpicked witnesses, have testified to Congress that Joe Biden wasn't involved in Hunter Biden's dealing. So let's be even further clear about something. Everybody thinks that all this stuff hasn't been around. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but I want to say, what was it, 2018? I think it was 2018. There was a Senate investigation into Hunter Biden. I've actually referenced it in many threads. I've pulled. Yeah, it's, it was in the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, and it was called Hunter Biden. It was a, it, it was a Hunter Biden, Burisma and Corruption, the Impact on U.S. Government Policy and Related Concerns. Uh, I'll go ahead and go ahead and include this again in the chat. Um, but this has already been discussed. This was. When was this again? I'm pretty sure it was 2018. Let's see if that's the date. I'm pretty sure it was 2018. I'm not seeing the date. Let's see. If you guys know, hey, yeah, Trash. So, I'm just I'm looking at the way the the House has um, tiptoed into impeachment inquiry, and I, I just connected to. China has been just massively this whole Belt and Road Initiative. Their their modus operandi it's basically just going and bribe governments yep. to to give them, you know, access to rape natural resources, sweetheart deals. You got Joe Biden now advocating to build a trans African rail railroad. What? How does that? How does that help America? I mean, is this? Is this? Just another extension of the United States brand of Chinese Belt and Road, where they're just just tossing out bribery. I mean, the China Energy, the lithium, the uh, the the um, Monkey Island uh, gas gas plant in uh, Mississippi, Louisiana. All all these things are just stacking up. But, but I guess the connection that the, the Congress is are some of the some of the members of the Congress afraid of this investigation going further than it is. Are they part of it? Are they getting greased? I mean, we, we almost kind of need like uh, these people to come clean. Like what, you know, put American interest first. If you're part of it, just, you know, it, we, we, it's get, we'll find it out. The truth will come out. But uh, they shouldn't be blocking full investigation of all this. And unless they're complicit in it, they could be complicit in it. You know, these senators. Look, look at McConnell's wife. I mean, seriously, there, there could be this could be way deeper than what we, we see right now. Well, absolutely. Um, so I did a thread on um, this is unrelated, but related. I did a thread on on BlackRock. And one of the things that BlackRock, as people know about, obviously, they're you know mutual funds they are one of the three, the big three. Right. You've got State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock. BlackRock's being a huge proponent of ESG. And by them playing ball against Americans' interests, 
with China, they were able to open the first ETF in China. American company opened the ETF in China. BlackRock was the first to do it. But one of the things that they did under this, under this part of this plan on the behest of China was go to Exxon, Chevron, a lot of these other companies that were supposed to be drilling for oil and gas in the United States and force them to basically shut down so they could scope these emission targets. So a lot of these energy companies and producers had to shut down completely. And then when Joe Biden took office, he had a, you know, remember the stack of like 76 different executive orders that he signed. Well, one of them, a lot of them were shutting down federal leases on oil and gas. Thing was, is all he was doing was virtue signaling to the progressive base of the voter base and the anti-fossil fuels base. But those leases are not shut down. They've been sold to companies like PetroChina, our adversarial comp- country, companies out, countries out there and companies, and they're still proceeding. So the, these projects are proceeding, but we don't get the benefit, even though they're, they're United States leases, but, but they were shut down by Joe Biden and, and through BlackRock's efforts, through ESG of shut, and laying pressure on the oil and gas companies to scope these emission targets. And BlackRock was rewarded. Now you say, well, Aaron, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Well, besides the fact that Republican claim number three, Joe Biden has participated in his family global ventures with America's adversaries, I would say that's not a claim. I think that's 100% proof. But again, you say, well, Aaron, what does that matter? What does BlackRock have to do with Joe Biden? Well, I don't know. Have you, have you paid attention to his cabinet and the people who he hired and brought in under the administration when he took office? Because he actually had the highest number of BlackRock. You had Eric Van Nostrand, who went to the Treasury. You had, uh, uh, what's his name, that was part of the Amer- the automotive bailout under Obama, uh, brought in under their chief financial policy. He's from BlackRock. He was high up at BlackRock. And all the other people they've hired from BlackRock into this Biden administration. So you start looking at these things and you're like, okay, there's a lot here we probably should investigate. But instead, we don't. We ha- we pay higher gas prices. These leases that were supposedly shut down so we could virtue signal the progressive base have been sold to our adversarial nations and, and, and energy companies. They are then stripping the resources out of this country. We pay for it at the pump. We get gaslit into believing that they actually shut these down for the betterment of carbon emissions when they're still proceeding. But because a lot of the people, I believe, within the government that do have interests, monetary interests, kickback interests, with these adversarial nations, including China, including, uh, you know, Petro China and other energy companies, that they have no interest or motivation to shut that down at all or go after it at all. And to your point, Robert, the reason that that's why I painted this picture was because I 100 percent believe that they are specifically wanting to keep it quiet because they don't want it to come back to them. And I have my own feelings about Mike Pompeo, but I remember very, very, very vividly. He brought out a list, he had a list of all the people that were somehow affiliated with China uh, within our own government or getting kickbacks or paid or whatever, we, all the way down to governors or state reps or even further to local municipalities. And so to, to, to say that that's not happening, number one, and then number two, to be insulted by this stupid memo that's going to come out and then we're going to get gaslit by all the, all the outlets that are shown here, Bloomberg, uh, you know, Washington, Washington Post, New York Times, The Hill, CNN, politifactfactcheck.org. We're going to get gaslit, up, gaslit by all these people saying that there's no there there and what and Republicans are just pouncing and they just want get back for Trump and Trump's pulling the strings and there's nothing here and Hunter Biden has nothing to do with Joe Biden. He was just talking about the weather with these people. 
And you're going to get gaslit and gaslit and gaslit. And people are going to want to know where it's coming from. And ultimately, that was the purpose of this space, was to outline that. Sorry for that long rant. But Robert, you just kind of triggered it for me. I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Robert. It, exactly right. Thanks for that background. And, and you know, they're pulling on our heartstrings. That, like, it's a, it's a father's love of his son. His son is a wayward son. And why would anybody want to mess with, you know, challenge uh joe and his relationship with hunter it is they're, they're just throwing out all the emotional distractions and and lies frankly just lies there is tons of evidence they've seen it house house oversight has all the impeachment evidence they've got they're, they're continuing to get more so uh i think i think they there's a lot to get that we want to see the bank records i want to see the bank records of joe biden his brother two brothers his sister all of it there's a lot more to get Jen, you guys there? Oh, I've been talking the whole time. Doggone it. I was going to say yes, 100%. This impeachment inquiry is exactly what I wanted. It's not a sternly written letter. It is something that's going to tie all this together. We have all these pieces that we've had them for years. And then these various different Senate committees and now the House committees, when they've been requesting this information, getting stonewalled because they don't have the power of the impeachment inquiry. Now that they have that, they're no longer going to get stonewalled, procrastinated, avoided, denied, redacted. And I'm going to start seeing these pieces come out. And there's a lot of political capital that's going to be gained over, over the next year. And this is going to have a lot of miles on it. And, you know, it's going to be used for election season, like good for them. I'm here for it. I want it to use that way as well. Um, I'm, under, I'm under no delusion that, that Joe Biden's going to do any kind of jail time, nor is that really what I'm after. Um, what I'm really after is, number one, is the impeachment inquiry and hopefully we can start taking a look at Mayorkas and Garland in those lights because that's who I want impeached. Those people are doing serious damage to this country, way more than Joe Biden lining his pockets and getting rich and and using influence, which he has, and it should be called out, and it needs to be an impeachment inquiry. And the president of the United States shouldn't be this blatant, brazen, and obvious of what they're doing. And so, you know, you're out. But but again, everyone's like, well, he's not going to go to jail. What's it matter? Who cares? Senate won't convict him. Who gives a shit? Well, you can say that, but it's going to root out a lot of stuff. And there's a reason that they don't want a lot of the people don't want that to happen. That's why they're putting out this 14 point. This is not just to save Joe Biden's ass. Let's be clear about something. This is to save the DNC machine's ass and the Uniparty's ass. That's what they're trying to cover up here. I don't know your thoughts on that, but that's, in my opinion, what they're trying to cover up here. So let me go through one more. Um, so, yeah, I put, I put down the report that came out from the – this is Hunter Biden, Burisma, and Corruption, the Impact on the U.S. Government and Politics. This was like 2018 or something, 2020 or 2018. And it lays it all out, all of it, Ukraine, Burisma, Biden. It, it, it lays it all out here. This is not new. So don't let it be gaslit. And I, I include that into the chat as well. That's all there. But if you go through this, this is just a talking point. You got Washington Post. Um, and it kind of goes in. Trash. When, when was yeah. what was the date of the the uh, the second Indi- tribal muni-, muni bond thing? 2014. So that was May. It was. Uh, I'm sorry. May 8th of 2015. 
But yeah, the actual incident happened in 2014. The review from the whistleblower that leaked this suspicious structure and transactions report that leaked it then went to the SEC to whistleblow. That was in May of 2015. And he didn't even go to the SEC to make the complaint until he talked to his attorneys until November 1st of 2016. So there was a year after he compiled this report to then obviously getting an attorney at this law firm to then go to the SEC to whistleblow because Morgan Stanley obviously was pushing back and not releasing this information at all. Go ahead. This is just crazy. Yeah, so the complaint was, like I said, the complaint was filed uh, November 1st of 2016 by his attorney. So if you go to like the full, the Constantine Cannon uh, Limited Liability uh, Partners, the Constantine Cannon Law Firm, LLP, Amiana Stovall is the attorney of record uh, for this whistleblower from Morgan Stanley. And it was signed and dated, yeah, November 1st of 2016. So he, this whistleblower, before he even went to the SEC, had this information for a full year. It sounds like Morgan Stanley was probably pushing back on it, not wanting to do anything with it. And he was like, hey, I could get caught up in this. No way. Does that answer your question, Robert? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Your research is so good on this. And thanks for describing all the, the, the latest activities to the to the space. Absolutely. Here. Appreciate you. Thank you. Well, uh, I'm about two hours and 20 minutes into this. Uh, if anybody wants to come up and has comments or questions or anything, but I just wanted to kind of get through this. And again, let me just do an overview real quick review of what we've done. So when we started the space, I played, oh, people are requesting that video from Tim Pool. Give me one second. It's a good one. Copy. I'll post it to the thread. You guys can take a look at it. I'll post it in line in the thread. Let's see. Yeah, right here. So you guys can watch that video. It's just talking about what we've been talking about in here. But I just wanted to, the reason I brought that video in was so you could hear the, the frustration in what he was saying. And then I can show you why he was frustrated through the David Brock uh, Facts First USA memo. And even the David Brock memo from 2017, post-Trump's election, they were going to, this was completely the media disinformation machine, the DNC disinformation machine. It's all there. And then they're saying that, and then, you, then what we did was we went through that video and then we went through the David Brock Facts First USA memo kind of broke down uh, a lot of the evidence that came out from the House Oversight, the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. That came out today, uh, September 13th. So they lay out easy receipts that you can share with anybody. It's got the text messages, the emails, the WhatsApp, the uh, emails showing 10, 10% held for the big guy. It's got uh, the Chinese Business Associate. We've even got the conversation between Rob Walker and the FBI in here. You've got various different articles, Tony Bobolinsky verifying these things. We've got the FD 1023, the whistleblower report, or the, or the confidential human source report. All that's in there on the uh, Committee on Oversight and Accountability. So if you ever need to take that to somebody and they need to investigate, it's right there. Um, and then we've got a case where this uh, supposed uh, witness that they were supposed to, to wit uh, testify the committee uh, Gal Luft ends up getting charges from the U.S. attorney announced against him. He's a director of a think tank for acting as an unregistered foreign agent, trafficking in arms, violating U.S. sanctions against Iran, and making false statements to federal agents. Well, if you go through that, which I believe I did link to it in here, um, if you go through 
those charging documents in that thread of that space that I did it on, it actually more proves the, the, the connections and conversations between Burisma, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, Eric Schwerwin, and CEFC, Patrick Ho and the Chinese Energy Company. So <laughs> I don't. And then so so then okay I'm sorry I'll keep going because it's just it's just fascinating when I hear there's no there's there's no evidence well okay yeah we know where that's coming from and it's coming from this letter that the White House put out you know begging essentially they're begging uh, and plead to journalists asking for assistance in fending off House impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden Ian Sam's a White House spokesman issued a memo to editorial leadership at U.S. news organizations that insisted the time has come for media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. And here's the actual memo right here. So it says, this is from Ian Sams, a special assistant to the president's senior advisor spokesperson. He says, after nearly nine months of investigating, House Republicans haven't been able to turn up any evidence, any evidence, no evidence, guys, uh, of the president doing anything wrong. But House Republicans, led by majority uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, are nonetheless uh, opening a baseless impeachment inquiry of President Biden, despite many House Republicans openly admitting there's no evidence to which to support it. Impeachment is grave, rare, and historic in the Constitution, requires treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. But House Republicans are publicly stating that they've uncovered none of these items. And then it lists off these absolute garbage jellyfish squish republicans like ken buck that came out and says i've not seen any evidence yet i just laid out for like the last two hours the last five hours of the previous space the three hours before that the devon archer space the Golub space the the biden inc and the document space we've laid out this evidence the house oversight of accountability committee laid out all the, just bits and pieces of evidence help you don't even have full evidence of it it's just enough to warrant an investigation i would say and then they issue this 14-page memo, and the Hill gets a hold of it. And what this 14-page memo is, is basically how to handle media spin moving forward. Here's the talking points. Here's how you're going to push back. Here's what we need to say. And I just took two of their claims saying that the Republican claim is, is wrong, and I completely just dismantled it right here on the space. Anybody can do this because the info's out there. So we fact-checked one or two of these anti-claims, essentially, and just completely ruined it but this is what's going to go out this is the gaslighting campaign this is going out it's all going to go out and then we were talking about the 2014 morgan stanley presentation deck where you had a whistleblower inside morgan stanley basically breaking down an entire bond scheme uh using the oglala sioux tribe and this wakpanmi uh, community corporation and how they use rosemont seneca devin archer hunter biden morgan stanley and it was a complete just a shell game of this bond scheme where, where they made millions of dollars and delivered nothing to these people. And this guy within this whistleblower within Morgan Stanley said, uh, this is a bad deal and put together this entire deck and showed saying, hey, no clear illegal activities being accused, accused, by the way, he says, but authors of this presentation determined activity was suspicious enough to warrant escalation of review by appropriate internal compliance representatives. So they're saying in winter of 2014, Morgan Stanley's municipal credit trading desk was approached by Morgan Stanley financial advisor representing a holder of a recently issued private placement taxable municipal bond. And then it goes into the bond scheme, essentially. And this was internal documents, highly confidential within Morgan Stanley. And this guy put this deck together and then took it to the SEC 
And that that deck was May 8th of 2015 and then November 1st of 2016. Goes to the SEC through his attorney, Amiana Stovall, through Constantine Cannon LLP, and made this full-length SEC complaint of illegal activity. Devin Archer has already been convicted of crimes very similar to this one. I don't think that they're the same ones because in this complaint, they actually reference Devin Archer's case of where he's supposed to be serving prison time now. In that complaint, they reference it. So this is actually something completely different. This is another scheme. So, And then we went through the letter. We went through the 14-page 14, 14 uh, spin zone machine. And that's been pretty much the, the update to the Biden influence saga. If you guys scroll up into the initial parts of that thread, I've literally put together the entire case front to back, top to bottom of how Joe Biden's 100% involved in this and why the documents that were at the UPenn Biden Center, which is the think tank owned by or started by Joe Biden and Michael Carpenter, the same Michael Carpenter that was sitting next to Joe Biden at the Council of Foreign Relations when he said, if you don't if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars here. Might, I might as well just play that again for everybody, just in case you don't haven't heard it before. Good Lord. Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to, or we're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> Got fired, and they put in place someone who was solid. At the time, well, there's still they so they made some genuine, substantial changes institutionally and with people. But one of the three institutions, there's now some backsliding. The courts there and the court, yes, and they had made that commitment that they wouldn't do that. And so when we left, the first thing I spent uh, um, a lot of time, as did Mike, because this was his territory. Mike, because this was his territory. And again, Michael Carpenter, who who is in charge of the UPenn Biden Center after, guess who was in charge of those documents that, that Joe Biden had at the UPenn Biden Center prior to Michael Carpenter? You can't make this up, folks. Tony Blinken. So <laughs> he, Tony Blinken, was also in charge of these same uh, documents that they're trying to charge Trump with that formulated the 20-point plan for basically... Devin Archer and Hunter Biden to go into with Burisma, put together this 22 point plan and essentially won them not only contracts of Russian gas into the UK, but then proved their worth in the influence scheme. And the Michael Carpenter, the same one that Joe Biden's referencing in the quid pro quo right here at Council of Foreign Relations of the billion dollars is now all, is also involved in that. And then so. Again, we can go back, we can look at this, and again, there's another time where I can go through Sally Painter and Blue Star Strategies, but that lays it out right there. You've got, you've got the, the Weaponization Committee, talking about James Clapper testified that former CIA Director John Brennan told him that Tony Blinken had reached out to Michael Morrell about putting together a public statement. This was against the, uh, this was the, the statement from the previous Intel officials about the Hunter Biden laptop was, laptop was a hack and leak Russian disinformation operation. I'm not even going to go into the hack and leak stuff because I covered that yesterday, the day before when I was covering Missouri v. Biden case. And then you have these recordings 
where Onashenko actually releases a, a recordings uh, in, implicating Poroshenko and uh, Mykola Zloshevsky. And you remember this? in Biden's voice as he pushes the Ukrainian president to shut the bank down before Trump gets into office. Take a listen. I don't want Trump to get in the position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a policy where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the detail. In other words, Biden does not want Ukraine asking for more money from Trump. Doing so would cause Trump to look into the details. Oh, except he did, and they tried to, and, and this is where they came out, this is where they tried to impeach him over it. So then we move forward, right? And they trash yeah, yeah. second, so... So, so these supposed Republicans who are now that, that, that the mainstream media is quoting to say there's no evidence. Like, I wonder how many of those have have signed on to these uh, Burisma funded junkets and U.S. taxpayer funded junkets to uh, to Ukraine. Say that again. I'm sorry. So so, you know, they're citing the, the mainstream media saying. Republicans are saying there's no evidence for impeachment or whatever. Those, I bet there's quite a high correlation with those Republicans, if they exist at all, and uh, being, you know, traipsed over to Ukraine to um, look at the large payments and, you know, who knows what money, the Burisma junkets, I call them, or, you know, U.S. taxpayer funded junkets over to Ukraine. They're probably, they could be in on it. You know, oh, 100 yeah, percent. Absolutely. I mean, this was this was like Biden was not just, you know, Joe Biden's or Hunter was not just Joe Biden's bag man. Right. I mean, this this kid was everywhere. Or this guy was everywhere. I mean, the, the, everybody was making money off of this. Like even like as an example, like Kyle Becker actually has reporting on this. He says Devin Archer just testified that Joe Biden met with Moscow mayor's billionaire wife, Elena Bottarina, in spring of 2014 before she wired three and a half million to Hunter. Bidenarine is the same Russian oligarch that Biden regime refused to sanction. They're looking for how the Biden's family corruption compromised U.S. national security. Look no further. But again, you can look into this, and even Janet Yellen's coming out trying to get ahead of that. Like everybody seems to be involved with that. Everybody. It's absolutely insane. I think we just lost Robert. Hey, Greg, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. I've just been keeping up. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was wondering if you guys had discussed the second half of Archer's closed-door interview yet. Yeah, I mean, I've pretty much gone through it a couple times, but yeah. After, do we know why the Republicans left the room after their line of questioning? Uh, There may have been some, I don't know, there may have been something to do with... um, like security clearance or whatever, because there was a reason that they had to do it in a closed door meeting to begin with. Well, yeah, but after they left on page 90, the Democrats went on for another hour and a half and they were fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. I mean, maybe they had their questions answered. I don't know. I can't speak for them. Do we know, do we know who the redacted lawyer is that was doing the questioning on behalf of the DNC? Uh, I have my suspicions, but I don't know. What about any background on that Mr. Schwartz? You mean Eric Schwerwin? No, Mr. Schwartz, the lawyer for Archer 
on behalf of uh, BSF. Are you getting at something that I don't know about? Like, I'm trying to understand the questions. I, to me, it, I thought the second half of the hearing was a lot more significant than significant than anything that the Republicans managed to get out of them. Like they had to go off the record three different times and there ended up being a fight between the, the name who was redacted and Schwartz and then Goldman jumps in too. And Goldman actually starts citing the emails that he had protested for the first half of the hearing, the Republicans using. And that's when Schwartz like gets like they get in a, like a verbal altercation. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, this most of what they wanted out of Devin Archer, specifically with the uh, with the, like the deposition, was regarding the brand. I mean, that's really what they were after. So like whatever else, I mean, like Goldman's out there. Well, he's been lying out of his face from day one. So I'm not really sure what he wants. That that's what I guess I, I was trying to get to is I'm trying to figure out what the angle was. Well, you have Schwartz, who clearly was operating on behalf of BSF and not in Archer's best interest. He was just there to make sure he didn't say anything. So you would think that would be aligned with the DNC. But Goldman undermines Schwartz at every turn and actually gets Archer to give some valuable information. Like at one point, he says that Burisma would not have survived without the brand, without Biden's role on. the. We know that. I mean, we know that for sure. Because, uh, number one, uh, the investigation with Poroshenko, and then, two, the brand being able to come over and bringing the foreign diplomats and officials to speak highly of Burisma in, uh, you know, in public in Ukraine. Like, say, okay, well, what are the deliverables? You know, we paid you X amount of dollars. This is Pazarsky. We paid you X amount of dollars. What are the, we, these are the deliverables that we need. We need these officials, and we need them to come over and speak well about Burisma, so on and so forth. Yeah, they wouldn't have been able to survive without the brand. Yeah, I guess I just would have thought he didn't he didn't Archer didn't say that as directly during the Republicans line of questioning. No, he didn't. But so I, I, but I, I have the that emails. Would have picked up a little yeah, bit. but I, I mean, I have the emails between Vadim Pozarski, Eric Schwerwin and Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Like it's it's that those are Pozarski's own words. Oh, yeah. But, but you're talking the Marco Polo emails. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think some of those came out from uh, some of those came out from the laptop. Other ones were leaked elsewhere. And it was actually in the Kiev Times, of all places, that it was reporting on it. They had him as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess I just had one other question, and I don't know if you guys discussed this also. Um, Hunter's role in the Navy, the whole year leading up to when the Euromaidan happened? Yeah. But when you look it up, it just basically says he's in charge of public affairs running the Navy's online blog. Yeah. But if you look into Euromaidan, well, if you look into Euromaidan, the whole cause of it up, up until the massacre was basically an online psyop. So, like, someone would have been ha having to train the Ukrainian Nazis to fulfill the operation while someone else was running online trying to get the regular protesters, people that were not necessarily involved with the violence. So here's where here's where I would point your nose. Then I would go look into Andre uh, Telezhenko. I would look into yes. what he's got to say about that because that's probably gonna that's probably gonna link some uh, some puzzle pieces for you. Do you know where to go to find any of his interviews besides the one on the gray zone? Uh, well, a couple of, a couple of places. Number one, I, actually, I can connect you with him directly if you want. Uh, but number two, 
Uh, let's see here. He's done a bunch, and he's actually going to be doing another one. So there's there's some more updates that have not made it to the public as of yet. Um, they will be coming out in public, but he's supposed to be joining the committee for some kind of reason. I had him on a space because I was talking about Blue Star strategies and kind of what happened to him and and how he's, he's they're trying to get the, the restrictions lowered so he can make it back in the United States and he can actually you know testify at these hearings. Um, but I have, so if, if you go into, okay, so if you go into the, it was the day after Trump's indictment in Miami trash. Yes. No, I've got the space, but what I'm looking for, there's a ton of Andy Telezenko's, uh, transcripts and such. If you look at the, so, okay. So there was a, there was a committee that was put together 2018 or 2020 by the Senate. It was a Senate financial affairs committee and it was entitled, I've got it pulled up right here, actually. Where is it? Oh, I had it. I had it pulled up. Give me one second. It's called you know, basically corruption, Hunter Biden, Burisma. And it was it was the committee report. Andy Telezhenko, Andre Telezhenko was actually has most of his most of his um, testimonies within that report. But OK, I'm just reading that now. I just I just found out about that when you brought it up. Yeah. So if you if you want me to connect you with Andy, he probably will talk to you. Um, if you have any, if you want to get any more, cause like I can probably pull on the space if he's not busy, but he's in London. So it's about seven forty, eight forty, nine forty. So it's not too late. No, so that, that would be perfect. Cause I was actually trying, I'm trying to write a comparison between Euromaidan and like the, the internet, like how, how the internet operated to facilitate Euromaidan in a similar way that it seemed to encourage the Jan sex where a lot of the same tactics seem to be used to get people together to basically be in a position where if a riot did occur, which is where I wonder with the bombs being being placed. Oh, so we're talking about... Had no one charged the Capitol that day? Yeah, so we're talking about Orange Revolution. We're talking about color revolutions, Jen. Yes, yes. All the same tactics seem to be kind of applied through everything that was led up to January 6th. Oh, 100% it was. Right before everyone got censored. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to draw a comparison between the two, but I, I kind of wanted to get a, a feel for what it was like for the three-month protest. Man, Andy Telezhenko. During your my dog. Dude, Telezhenko was intimately, directly, and he's even taken responsibility for a lot of that. I highly recommend you talk to him. Let me see if I can get him to... Let me see if I can get him to yeah, that'd be connect with you because I think he will give you a lot of the answers you're looking for. All right. So, okay. Thank yeah, you. he's still on. I'll, I'm going to message him your uh, profile. I think I'm following. Yeah, but I'm, I know. But I don't know if his DMs are open or not. But I mean, I talked to him. I, well, I was talking to him pretty regularly because I, I got into a space and was bouncing stuff off of him. So he'll respond. And then I just have one other question. Yeah, go for it. That I thought of now. Yeah. The second the second part of that interview, or not the interview, where Biden brags about getting choked and fired, and then he says replaced by a guy that was solid. The guy that he replaced him with, I believe, Lurashenko, is the one that introduced the Black Ledger. That was like the driving narrative behind the start of the impeachment into Donald Trump when they went after Paul Manafort. And it was later proved two years it was completely garbage. But was that like a second part of not only that, okay, he got choked and fired because he wasn't doing what they wanted, 
But then the guy that they put in started the investigation that would make it so as soon as Trump took office, he could not talk to Putin. And he had to be he had to give the aid to Ukraine because of the appearance that currently his campaign manager was working for the Russians, which we all know that to be a lie. Well, not, I mean, not only that, but uh, then he couldn't look into it's kind of what I played the clip earlier that he could not look into. You know, that's what Biden is yes. talking about with Poroshenko. He says, you know, he's going to treat it as such. So, you know, we don't want him looking into it. Uh, you know, it's funny that uh, it's funny that uh, Zlochevsky um, has to leave because of the investigation into him by by Shokin has to leave the country, go to the UK, has a bunch of his assets and everything frozen. They fire Shokin. They bring in this other prosecutor. He comes back. In 2018, they basically crushed the crushed the investigation, and it's over and done with. Burisma's clear; it's all free and clear. This is after Biden got Shokin fired, and the, many people said that there's no reason that Shokin should have ever been fired. There was no evidence of him being corrupt or, or, or misleading in any way. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's a it's a big piece of it, man. Well, thank you for helping me put these pieces together here. Yeah, and I DM'd on, uh, Andre Telzenko for you. I said, hey. Get in touch with this guy. He wants to tell your story. So, because Andre was directly involved with All what right. you're asking, he was intimately, directly, 100% involved with what you're asking. Okay. Well, very much appreciated. And thank you for all the work you guys Yeah, you bet. Appreciate it, Greg. Thanks. Hey, Jen, you're back. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm back, Josh. I'll talk to you offline about that. Looks like uh, Carolina, not Carolina, is up on stage. They're not supposed to know it's me. They'll nuke this account, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, it is, uh, what is it, 1.44 my time. We've been going on for about two hours and 45 minutes, and I'm starting to lose my voice. I don't know if you guys have any final comments or anything before I close this down, but... My voice is still pretty weak. I was sick last week, so I'm starting to lose it again. <clears throat> and no, we did not party in Mexico together because I also ended up sick. So no, we were. I was in Mexico partying, but we were not together, Carolina. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I have a comment uh, about how all this plays out, which I think is really interesting. Uh, you know, Lavrente Beria, Stalin's chief henchman said that, uh, you know, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. And notice all of this works backwards with the left. I mean, this is back trash to what you were saying. The 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 evidence is overwhelming. Uh, the, the, the Hollywood guy that was just convicted of rape was convicted on less evidence. It was the number of things, you know, like a data scientist would say, you know, if one or two or three is a coincidence and then it becomes a veritable certainty. And it works that way with the law as well. But I just wanted to make a point at what a tough spot the left is in. They have expended so much currency. And all the things that Trash was just showing you, let's not forget that when this impeachment process goes forward, this even the impeachment inquiry, it's the fact that they're going to start subpoenaing more things and how the other side is going to start looking like the gaudies when they and the media, who has already expended so much uh, currency, as far as goodwill currency and credulity on the COVID thing and everything else, this is all going to come to head in a bad way for them 
And I think they're very nervous. You know, I saw in the Washington Post write about four articles up from the, the announcement of the impeachment inquiry was Joe Biden should step down. OK, so what happens if he does? They are Bolsheviks now. They cannot lose power. This is like a Jim Jones cult near the end. That's why they're trying to force World War Three. If they if Joe Biden stepped down, all of a the sudden there'd be debates and you can't have debates. They cannot have debates. I don't think that if Joe Biden stays in there, that they're going to uh, per- permit anybody to debate him, meaning RFK Jr. And I don't think that when he if he wins the nomination, that they're going to let Donald Trump debate him. That's how authoritarian they've gone. So. My real comment is, is that this is a very interesting and unprecedented situation that we're in because they're sort of riding the tiger. If they get rid of Joe Biden and that why there could be 10 people. I mean, the only way that I can imagine it and I'll leave it here. I, I I sort of have a dearth of possibilities here in my mind. But one of them is that they let him get win the nomination and then have someone step in on his behalf. I don't even know constitutionally if that's possible. And I spent five years working on Capitol Hill, but they're in a very, very tough spot. And just the sheer, because again, of all the evidence that we've just talked about, the sheer moving forward and just looking with Trump, it was just uh, imputing negative things on what he might've been thinking instead of what he said. This is a whole lot, a plethora of evidence. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out, what it does to public opinion, and what they, as the ruling class, what their strategy is as this starts to sort of collapse around them. No, I think it's an interesting point. <clears throat> you know, when I was covering the, because I've been, like, like I said, I've been covering this, I mean, for years, but I'm talking about, when I say cover, what I mean is, is that I've been taking Twitter spaces very seriously, and I do, some people don't understand my format, where I bring a lot of information and I try to dissect it and make it like edible and bite-sized pieces so you understand. Like if I'm reading a court document, I'm saying, okay, this is what it says. Now this is what it's in reference to, in reference to A, B, C, and D, and I bring those receipts. So a lot of times when I have spaces, I have, you know, just a one or two co-hosts and maybe another speaker, and we deep dive and go directly into the information and breaking it down for it to be understandable. Like, I, like I've been doing with the Missouri v. Biden case. I did part six two days ago. You guys can go listen to that. Or and Tracy, Tracy Beans has been doing a reporting on that for over a year. It was her, myself, and name redacted. And we just broke in Mike Benz and we broke down again what's going on with the Missouri v. Biden case. When I say covering, what I mean is is that this goes back to the last year uh, where I was kind of going over this and breaking it down for people. And one of the things that I was saying was back then was it looks like when the media started turning on Joe Biden and when they were no longer holding back and they started to turn on what it, what it looked like to me was that one of two things was going to happen. Number one, we saw that play out with uh, Hunter and his case and his deal falling through. So that was one play. And they were going to bury it all. It was going to be over. It's going to be done with. There's nothing else there, there. He's already been you know convicted. It's over. Bye. That didn't work. So then part two was going to be, well, they're going to take all this. This may all come out. That's fine. But they're just going to bury it on Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's going to step down. And it was buried on him and Hunter, and it all goes away. The impeachment inquiry is a big problem for them because now you can't just bury it on Joe and Hunter, which is what they want to do, and have him ride off into the sunset and be done. 
now there's going to be other people implicated because it's like I said, this, my hope out of this was to be able to impeach Garland and Mayorkas through digging up dirt through the impeachment inquiry on this. So, and, and, yeah. and suppose you go forward with the impeachment inquiry. This, this is hilarious. You actually are going to base, basically exonerate Trump because if you, if there's any legitimacy given to this at all, then we're going to go, wait a second. Now, you impeached Donald Trump for asking about this to a foreign government, which, by the way, was perfectly in his right. So it's really interesting. Like, they, there's so much capital at stake for them. They're in a really, really different. They have they fished out the most oleaginous swamp creature they could and got rid of the guy that was fighting the swamp. And now he looks like a swamp creature. It just. You know, every day is opposite day for them. So they really promote the opposite narrative of whatever it is they're going to do or whatever they just did or whatever they're doing now. But this really shatters that. I mean, the, the, the idea that it, if it has any legs at all because of all the things you're saying, it almost inevitably does because there's just so much grist for the mill. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out uh, as, because of those things. And the last thing I want to say is if they allow debates – the debates would invariably have to be around the big things that Joe Biden deserves credit, deserves criticism for. So all of a sudden, other Democrats would be saying, what about the border? You're not doing a good job with that. What about the war? You know, there's surely there's some solution to this war. You can't have that. It, it just there's it's a real rock and a hard place situation for the Democrats. Well, because. That would mean that they're going to have to purge progressives out of their party, take back the establishment Democrats are going to have to take back the party. They're going to have to address some of these things and pull people back to the middle. They're not going to do that. The entire platform, everything they've done over the last six years has been the antithesis of that. They can't stop now. What's the scary thing is, is in, in 1984, Orwell said that the failed attempts at true totalitarianism were as a result of because they were always making an homage to liberalism. Notice, this is an amazing time we're in right now, notice that the Democrat Party has eschewed liberalism entirely. Libertarians like myself used to look at them as more bigger champions of free speech or something else. Now, it's absolutely no liberalism on their side whatsoever. They're very censorious. They very much want to, you know, compile enemies lists, all of these things. So it's really going to be interesting to see whether they go back and try to a group of them, including RFK Jr., sort of at least go back to at least making an homage to liberalism or whether they just go down that long road, you know, that, you know, the people went down in the darkest times or moments of the 20th century. It is really a fascinating time. I mean, it is. it's scary. It's dark, uh, but it is—it's something to behold. And you know, frankly, I was—I've been paying attention to this stuff probably since uh, 2007, 2008, where politics had a direct and and severe implication on my life. We're talking about the financial crisis that we had, and I've still yet to ever see it the way it is today. And you know, Jen can probably talk about this a lot. She goes back to the Tea Party days. I mean, like Jen, you can talk a lot about this, but. Have you seen it like this before? I mean, I don't think it's right. Like, 
of what they're accusing Trump over, what they've impeached Trump over, what they've indicted Trump over, is exactly what they are doing. And they're using projection to try to hide their crimes. And now that they've placed positions, um, they're doing everything they can to protect that power because they realize that if this is allowed to go forward with the impeachment inquiries and all of this, um, that all of it's going to get exposed. And I was talking earlier about the 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 lineup between the Maidan uh, massacre and what happened on January 6th. I mean, if you really start looking into it, Norm Eisen and a lot of these color revolutionary specialists were running things that day and, and we're, we're telling people where to go and it's all coming out slowly. Um, but there's large elements of where there is total lineup of what happened in Ukraine and then what happened on January but, but, but in answer to your question, it has happened. Yeah, and it has happened before. Uh, it has happened before, Aaron. I didn't and say it, it didn't happen, the, David. I just said oh, not no, to the no, extent I agree. No, I agree. the brazenness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. But what I was going to say is it was the Protestant Revolution, the Protestant Reformation. And how'd that work out? Are there no Protestants? Because remember, they were Protestants. They were protesting. That's what we are. We are the recalcitrants. And the Catholic Church at that time had unmitigated power. And they, they called you deniers. That's why the term was invented. They said, gosh, we're going to excommunicate, meaning you're not even a human. Now they do that by calling you a racist or a fascist or something. Everything that happened in the Protestant Revolution is happening today. And it failed. Because these are revolutions of consciousness. So they're not going to put the Enlightenment genie where we discovered the rights of man and how the quality of a government was predicated upon what it couldn't do to you, what you couldn't vote on, which is why they're calling this a democracy today. Is They're rolling back that, that, that as well. But the Protestant Revolution is basically happening 2.0 right now, and they are not going to put the Enlightenment genie back in the bottle. Freedom is our destiny as a species. Well, and, and, you know, of all people, you know, Dan Bongino, I, I like Dan Bongino. I follow him sometimes, but he always, he always says, you know, you can push the, the beach ball of freedom underwater and keep it down underwater only for so long, but it will pop eventually back up. And I agree with that. And I, and I think that's what we're seeing now. So, but I'm, I'm hopeful. So I keep covering this stuff. That's why I keep trying to put it out. So people understand, make it somehow digestible, make it interesting because again, like for me, like for Jen, myself, or like Tracy or other people, when we go through like these court cases or we go through these documents or these bills, these thousand page bills or whatever, and we try to make it digestible and, and relatable, you know, <laughs> it takes some effort, some time. And so I just think it's really important for people moving forward to be informed, but be informed the right way. Like you can be informed and be still misinformed, meaning I don't put a spin on any of this stuff. I just simply connect it and say, hey, here it is. What do you think about it? You can choose to agree or disagree, I suppose. But these are bulletproof arguments, I guess, is my point. Well done. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, David. Uh, any final thoughts, guys, before I close this down? I saw Bobby and Glow came up. David, you've got your bits in. Uh, probably going to close this down very shortly, but go ahead, Bobby. Yeah, Trash, wanted to thank you for the space and uh, all the in-depth coverage of all this stuff. My question is, what do you think it will take for Biden supporters to actually see the light? I mean, if anyone looks at Marco Polo laptop Biden report, it's horrifying. 
I mean, there, there's Ukraine connection, China connections. And on top of that, Hunter had nude photos of his teenage niece on there. And there's text messages from her mother telling him that he can't be around her unless Joe is present. I mean, we're talking about incestuous crackhead. And there's been evidence of this forever. So, like, what does it take for people to wake up to this? Well, I don't know. You know, it takes it takes an uncorrupted DOJ. It takes an uncorrupted uh, various attorneys and federal U.S. attorneys. It takes uncorrupt AGs. It takes people with an appetite to even want to go after it uh, and deal with the political ramifications. Everyone's got a, a future in politics as they see it. If they're already like an AG position or a U.S. attorney position or a judge, whatever it may be. And so they got to have an appetite to go after it. But what's it going to take for your average Democrat to wake up? I think part of the formula, which is why I've been uh, banging on about this today, is exposing this memo that goes out of the talking points of how they use or like the David Brock Facts First USA 2022 memo, where they say in detail that the, we will put favorable pundits onto, onto certain shows. We will put certain journalists in the limelight at certain publications. They will all say the same thing. They will be experts in this field and they will lie, 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 essentially. And so I think it just takes us talking about it. And it, it also takes me reaching across the aisle. So whether or not you agree with me politically or not, I'm cool with it. Can we at least agree that this stuff's real, that it's not a lie? Can we stop like gaslighting each other and understand that this is real? And then you tell me how you feel about that, because I guarantee you we're probably going to agree on it. So that's what that's going to take. And I don't know. I don't know. More people talking about this. Take this information. Share it out. Like I don't have a paywall. I get paid nothing for this. I get Twitter ad revenue. I think I got 49 bucks on my last payout. So I make 50 bucks a month doing this. There you go. So like, you know, um, take it out, show it, whatever. So that's all I can say. I, I don't know what else to do. I will say though, eventually money, money makes the world go round, right, Bobby? And so these media companies can't last if the money's not there. And if the, if the monetary incentive is no longer there to run interference, well, then it changes, right? Because then the monetary incentive ends up being, let's expose this stuff. People are going to be interested in this. And I think that if you get to a critical mass point in our, in our, in our collective culture that we have as a country, that we can flip it. We saw what happened with Bud Light. We saw what happened with Liberty Safe. We saw what happened with Target. It's possible. But it, it needs to get to a, a certain critical mass. And the Missouri v. Biden case is a big part of that because of censorship. And the other part of it is people talking about it and not being afraid to talk about it, but being correct. You see, what happens is, is a lot of people have 60 percent of the story and they go out acting like it's 100. And then you can just you can dispel one thing that they say and completely ruin the credibility of everything that they've argued. So that's it's being not only well informed, but being very specific on the information. I'm sorry, last I was just going to ask, do you think if there are hearings and Hunter is subpoenaed and they show text message evidence that there will be a way to spin that? To me, that seems like one of the only possible ways to validate this for everyone publicly. Well, I, here's what I've got for you. So if you go down in the chat and let's see, if you go down in the chat, I kind of I have a thread there. Well, it's a, it's a clip out of my massive thread, right? But underneath the uh, internal document showing in detail Morgan Stanley with Rosemont Seneca, the next one in line is the SEC complaint and whistleblower report. The next one is the House oversight um, evidence of Joe Biden's involvement in his family's influence peddling. 
That came out from the House Oversight Committee today. If you go into that, you can actually see the text message, WhatsApp, emails, including the, the Robert Peters emails, the Eric Schwerin emails, the uh, WeChat conversations, the WhatsApp and the text messages and the conversation between Rob Walker, who was kind of like the conduit for receiving payments and then issuing them to the various uh, Biden family members. All that's in there. So the, the evidence that you need is right there, Bobby. Uh, House Oversight released it today. Not to mention the entire thread that I put together that this is included in. It's all there as well. So I just, I'm not willing to entertain people tell me it's a hoax, it's a lie, there's no evidence. They're lying to you. And they're, they are not interested in sharing an objective reality with you. That means they don't, and they're not interested in sharing the same country that you are. That's just the truth. Any uh, final comments, guys, before I close it down? I would say mindless, mindless incredulity is no more admirable than mindless credulity. <laughs> so dismissing without examining the evidence is comically irrational. 100%. Like, that's just crazy to me. It, 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 anybody, anybody with an honest, an honest brain that's not willing to... Uh, well, let me show you. This is evidence of this. No, it's not. I don't, that's a lie. Have you looked at it? No, but I don't want to hear. Well, then uh, that's not. That's you're intellectually dishonest. That just is what it is. Jen, do you have anything you want to add before we close it down? Carolina, Greg, Bobby, Glue. I don't have anything. I just want to tell. Sorry. See, Jen and I are like literally synchronized. I think. Yeah, I've got one last one. I I just worry that we're living through Yuri Bekmanov said in terms of that the useful idiots won't even wake up when the jack is on their throat. You know, and it, it pains me that this is where we're at and that communism has gotten to this point in our country when the whole thing's built upon freedom and yet this other side is not for it anymore. It's really scary. So anyway, I, I want to say thank you guys for America Mission and everything you do. It's it really gives me a sense of community to be around like-minded people who understand what's going on. So thank you. Love you guys. Appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I think we're undoing a lot of that Yuri Bezmanov stuff. And it starts, you know, there's people that are doing a lot of work with education in schools. Perfect. There's a lot of people doing, everyone seems to have their, their lane. So um, yeah. Uh, I think I think we're headed the right direction, but we do need to undo the the programming that Yuri was talking about when he defected from the Soviet Union. So, and he, Yuri was right, that's for sure. Go ahead, Carolina. Okay, so please everybody follow me because um, I got nuked, and don't tell anyone it's me. Don't tell anybody. Don't report me. Just quietly follow me, but don't rat me out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you using voice changing software, Carolina? Um, no comment. Uh, but uh, I wanted to tell you guys that I don't have my uh, main account and I actually had to get a, a whole different phone. And then not only did I have to get a whole different phone, I had to like never connect it to my Wi-Fi and stuff and then get a whole other account. So it's so funny because like I only had access to this account at a local library. So I had to get a whole other phone to get this one. Sorry, guys. And then I have two other accounts as well that I pinned on the like top. 
which again had to get a whole other two phones for those. Yikes. Um, real quick in the background, I don't know when I'm going to set this up, but I'm going to set it up. So in the process of helping Craig get in touch with Andy Telezhenko, <clears throat> I want to do a space in the future because um, there's some more information that he has not disclosed publicly yet for talking in the background. So I'm going to try to organize that for the future and we'll have Andy, we'll have Andy on here. <clears throat> we'll have a space about it. So, but uh, I am losing my voice 1000% right now, guys. It's completely going. Um, any final thoughts? And I'm going to close it down. <clears throat> uh, please get some honey and some uh, lemon. And uh, that's uh, going to have to be your moneymaker. And we have to uh, pay from moving forward because we're getting nuked and we need your support. Um, so please, those that are here, uh, go to um, Trash's tip jar because I'm going to start charging him 20%. So <laughs> we can. And not only that, but I got nuked because of a three-part series we did yesterday on the whistleblowers from the CIA. That was, They said six of them that they were basically being bribed and told that they could get paid if if they just kind of kept the Wuhan lab story hushed. Oh, yeah. So I think we broke a nerve. <laughs> now I'm gone. For sure. Um, real quick, uh, Carolina, I have a honey lemon halls. So I've got two in one right there, but it's still – it's not working. <coughs> Oh, is what? our friend from Mexico coming to help or no? I had to cough that one out. Um, all right, guys. Well, oh, I got it back. Um, I appreciate you guys being here with me today. Uh, there was a few hundred people. We got about three hours in. I will go back and start the recording. I usually try to start the recording off at a good point so you don't have to listen to like the opening chit chat or whatever. And uh, I appreciate it. We're going to be revisiting this again. I'll be keeping on top of this as this goes. So the main topics that I'm keeping on top of for spaces are Missouri v. Biden case, which is the landmark government censorship case of all time. It makes Twitter files look like child's play. And I've been covering that extensively. I've, I've now done six parts on that. I've also covered uh, quite a bit of the you know Blue Star strategies, Andy Tilichenko. I've covered... Hunter Biden, Burisma, Joe Biden. This is like my seventh space on this. I will continue to cover these topics because it's something I seem to be specializing in. And it seems to be very, very vastly important for us moving forward. So I appreciate you guys. I'll see you guys around in spaces and whatnot. I'll probably have some BS spaces. But when I do these, these are very topical driven. Uh, next, next one I have, I will announce a couple days ahead of time and we will go from there. But I appreciate everyone being here. Jen, anything you want to say before we close down? I'm good, Trash. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Trash, uh, for me, I was going to give out my, my phone number, 281-310-0696. So just text me and give me your contact information. I'll, I'll save it because that's how I was able to get a whole bunch of people and continue our work. And then, you know, I know Jen, Trash, we, we like work in the back end quite a lot. And so uh, thank God that I have everybody's number. But if I didn't, I think we would have been so screwed, I think. As, and any account goes down, we're, like, literally losing players. You definitely got to establish yourself away from these platforms for sure. Like I said, this is, like, my seventh account. I've been banned so many times. And I'm not even that controversial. <laughs> That's what's so funny about it. So. You're not controversial. You're threatening to the system. That's it's what true. it is. You're it's not true. compliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I appreciate you guys. Oh, and trash. Yeah. Uh, 
apple cider vinegar is great for sore throats. I would recommend that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, okay, so I was in Mexico previous weekend for Labor Day, and I brought something back with me. Maybe it was COVID. I don't know, but it had some like a sore throat, whatever. I was pretty sick last week. I got over it, <clears throat> but for some reason, it just it's I'm slow on my um, stamina for my voice. So like, yeah, when I get home, I'm still at work. I'm at the office, so I've been another three hours here. When I get home, I'm gonna have a splash of whiskey, a little bit of honey, and that should that should cover it up. That should clear it up. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Look forward to the next space and I uh, appreciate you guys being here. Really, really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I, I, it's better to know that I'm not just yelling into the void anymore, that you guys are hearing this stuff now. So I appreciate it.